Welcome back to the Board Game Battles Podcast. I'm your host, Randall, and with me are my co-hosts, Jeff and Drew. Hello. Hi. It's episode 23, and today we're going to be discussing two dock working games that have you buying buildings and shipping goods. We're going to be comparing Le Havre versus Harbour. And then afterwards, we're going to have a little discussion on Gloomhaven. I figured we've been playing it for a while now. We've retired some uh, classes, so we'll discuss some of our thoughts on, on going forward with the game and, and if we have any, uh, how, how we like these new classes we've unlocked and any issues you might have with it. Also, recently they've been doing a, um, a community event where you could play along with them. And we started doing that, but we didn't go very far in it. And so I think I thought we could talk a bit about that as well, um, just to give our initial impressions of it. But anyways, um, let's just get into it. Our first game is La Havre. Came out in March 2008. Designer Uwe Rosenberg, who we've talked about a lot on this, bef- this podcast before, so I won't necessarily go into all the details. But if you've heard of him, you'll know he's done games like Bonanza, Agricola, uh, Ora et Labora, and Caverna. And recently, his, some of his big names have been A Feast for Odin and Cottage Garden. So... He's if, been uh, he's been around a long time and he's on a lot of euros. And if you haven't heard of him, you really need to start playing some games. Yeah, you need to expand mm-hmm. on the games you've been playing if you're if you're not too familiar with them. Uh, artist for this one was Clemens Franz, which again he does a lot of uh, the artwork for uh, Uve's games, and he does a lot of artwork for other games as well. So he's he's well known in the industry. Uh, published by Lookout Games um, and Nine 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 Games. Um, in the North America, originally it was Z-Man Games. Now it's Mayfair Games. Uh, categories, um, it's a city building, economic and industry manufacturing game with a nautical theme. Uh, and the mechanisms they list is worker placement. It has a BGG rating of 7.9 out of 21,000 ratings. And something new I'm, I'm going to include on these uh, reviews is the weight and this one is a weighted 3.76 out of 5 on BGG. Um, so fairly high for most games. Like there's, I don't know if I've ever seen a game that's been up at 5, but I'm sure there are a few. But this is pretty high up there. I think that's a little bit unfair of a complexity rating for it. Given, um, like, What was Agricola? Did we even look at what it was for Agricola, I think? I don't, I don't even know. But that had to have been higher. Yeah, this wasn't as complicated. Like, Agricola is a little more parts. I don't even know if I'd consider Agricola all that complicated. That's why I'm saying I I think 3.76 is a little high for this one person. Yeah, it's it's not very difficult. No. To play. I don't know, maybe if you're a first-timer, it might seem a little more complex. It might, yeah. And it also might... But keep Very, in mind, their, their ratings aren't aren't based on on beginners. No, it's, no, it's built it's, on like the whole yeah, community. Yeah. yeah. So I could see this maybe at like two point five, like right in the middle of complexity. I'd say because mm-hmm. it's got a few mechanisms where you have to keep track of when stuff's going to populate and things like that. So this one is a three point seven six. I was just taking a look at another game, which is definitely more complex than this one called Anachrony. And it's rated at 3.9. Then I guess it's 10 years old now. True. So if it was a more complex game when it came out and was rated heavily back then and it hasn't dropped to coincide with its 
it may have been a more complex game when it first came out compared to what and was this is there. also partly based on user ratings too so maybe what yeah. the users thought because if i look at agricola it has a, a 3.63 out of five so it's actually a little bit lower than this one hmm. and i'd say agricola is a little higher than this higher. one personally thought. yeah so it, of course these are all subjective yeah. you know this this is just going by what's on vgg um so your results may vary uh looking at uh rule book um t- as typical for uve games they uh, there's there's two little handouts there's the main rule book and then another one which is more of a buildings overview and the buildings overview is more of a just a like a, a folded you know large folded piece of paper that has all the different buildings on it so it's less a booklet than it is like a, a leaflet almost but a larger one um, with all the different buildings that you can build in this game. Uh, but then you get to the rule book, and the rule book's a fairly big one. It's it's 12 pages uh, with a lot of text. Um, but it is laid out nicely. It's uh, not too hard to follow along with it. And it has a really nice uh, setup, like a really big two-page uh, setup diagram um, taking you step-by-step what to do to get the game going. So it's it's nicely designed that way. I don't recall having to look too much up uh, once we started playing the game. It was pretty nothing really came up too often. That what happens if we do this? Like I think everything was fairly self-explanatory once you. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think I referred to it ever. Yeah. So if we did look up anything, it was pretty minor. It was, but it was mostly you know once you start playing it. it, it pretty the buildings much. overview got looked at a yeah lot, the buildings not overview the, definitely got looked not at. the rule book actually i think yeah. the only thing that i remember us looking up was um um on the cards that there was the, like the little white circle and the brown circle and, oh on the round cards yeah just trying to remember what was what that's exactly but yeah. i think that's the only thing we looked up yeah and that again pretty minor thing to look mm-hmm. up so it wasn't hard to, to find it on here um so but again it's it's a lot of text in the rule book but it's laid out nicely, and and for a ten year old game, it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Considering you know it's it's going to be one of the older euros out there nowadays, anyways. Um, so that. Uh, components, it's uh, pretty standard components again. You got a cardboard board. It's um, it's not the one that's in three pieces, is it? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, it is. Yep. Okay. Cardboard board that's in three pieces. It has a um. But it's, you know, standard kind of thickness, so it's not overly thick, but it's fine for what you're using it for is it's sitting on the table. Um, everybody gets um, little wood uh, pieces, um, a ship that stays on the board to, to indicate when you have to take your turn. Um, you get a little disc for placing on buildings for when you're using a building on your turn, so that's all you really have for player pieces. Um, otherwise, everything is little chits, so you get a lot of resources, and all the resources are kind of little chits that you get. Like, there's fish. Um, I'm not gonna go through all of them, but yeah, there's yeah, there's wood, fish, clay, cool. yep. coal, all these, all these um, leather, yeah, cows. leather, and they're all double sided. Mm-hmm. One side is gonna be your basic version of the good, and then the other side is the advanced version. So when you get the ability to make the advanced version, you can just flip it over or whatever. But it's just cardboard chits, um, so that's the that's the meat of the game. That's what most of it is. Well, and building cards and cards, and then there's a ton of cards. Um, there's cards for buildings that you can build. There's standard buildings and special buildings. There's cards to indicate the rounds. Um, 
So every round you'll be flipping over a card and, and it'll tell you things like what you have to um, feed your people or whatever, um, that kind of thing. Um, and then after the round's over, you'll flip the card over and it has a ship on it that, can, that goes into the supply to be built or purchased. Um, other cards, I think that's the main cards in the game. Um, all the, uh, the building cards have check marks on them to indicate whether they're used in a number of players. So depending on the number of players you're playing with, the game plays from three to five players. Five is a special case in this game. Um, it's, it's like a four player game. Um, it's sort of like an advanced mode four player game. So it's, it's set up the same as a four player game. It's just, I don't know. We have, we've never played it with five players, so I can't go into it too well, uh, too much on that, but. Uh, as, but before getting into the rules, the components, standard Euro components. So nothing special, but I thought fine. the board split was a bit annoying. The yeah. board split was a bit of annoying. It could have been, it should have been like a trifold or something. Yeah. Like if they just made it so that it just folded twice, it would still take up the same amount of space and wouldn't be a little as annoying. And it, and it wasn't like the end of the world when it got bumped. Like, cause yeah. there, was, there wasn't really anything on it that mm-hmm. needed to be kept track of other than the card placement right. at the top. But there's no point track that you have to worry ones. about or anything like that yeah. on there, so it's not too bad. Um, rules, how the game plays. The game is played over a number of um, rounds, and the number of rounds will vary depending on the number of players. Uh, for a three-player game, there's 18 rounds. For a four-player and five-player game, I think it's 20 rounds, and it's a little less for a two-player game. Actually, you can play a two-player, so it's more than just... You can go two... Actually, you can even play solo. Uh-huh. That's right. It's a one to five player game. They say on the box one hundred to two hundred minutes, which is not even close. Um, bank <laughs> on at least an hour per player. Yes, pretty close. Uh-huh. So depends on the group, I guess. If you're all very yeah. determined, like you know what you're going to do, and someone doing what you wanted to do doesn't throw you off too much, then it can. You go might short it down a bit, but, but it's going to be close. Even even the three of us, after, like our, we played it twice. We played once four player with Marcus. And then once three player with the three of us, and even the three player one, you know, after we had already known how to play the game and a went lot of action game. paralysis. So there's there can be quite a bit of action paralysis, and so it was a good three hours for for the three of us. So, um, but the role play, the how the game plays, you have a number of um, rounds, and so again, like I said, in the three player, it's eighteen rounds, and so there's a stack of cards which are the round cards, and you'll you'll order them from one to eighteen. Um, and then those cards will have on it some, some information. It'll tell you, um, what round you're on. It'll tell you, um, how much food you have to feed your workers at the end of the round. Uh, it'll tell you if a special building is going to come out, um, or, or a regular or a special building is going to come out and get auto built by the city. And then it's, it's going to tell you who the first player is for that round. So like in the very first card it's going to be the first player whoever you determine the first player to be is going to be the first one for the round but the way the rounds work as i go through it here you'll see each round it's going to be a different person starting it it also has the harvest or no harvest oh and there's also yeah that's right at the top of the card it tells you if there's going to be a harvest or not um and a harvest is as simple as um if you have if you have wheat in your supply you'll get a wheat if you have two cows in your supply you'll get a cow and that's it um, so that's the, um, that tells you how many rounds there are each round. There is 
um, uh, there are seven turns. And the number of turns you'll be taking depends on the number of players. So in a three-player game, um, it sort of gets split up. Each one, Everyone's going to have two turns, and one person's going to have a third turn. In a four-player game, you know everyone's going to get one turn, and then three people will get a second turn. So it's a little awkward that way. Um, you have these little ships that start at the end of this track, and the track is filled up with discs. Um, there's seven discs. At the very beginning of the game, they're all face down. You have no idea what order they're coming. But as you... As each person lands on one of these discs, they get flipped over, and it shows you goods that are going to be used to fill up um, these offer areas. Uh, and then, so you'll land on one of those discs, you'll fill up the offer area with what it says on the disc, and then you take your turn. Um, the offers are pretty standard; like they're pretty, deba- they're all the basic kind of goods. Um, typically it's going to be, there's going to be quite a bit, quite a bit of wood coming out. There'll be some fish. Um, you'll see some clay. There's like one that has cows on it. There's a couple that have francs, which is the currency you're, you're playing in. Um, so you'll be filling up some francs and below this, this turn row are the offer areas. So there's one for francs, there's fish, um, clay, wood, uh, cows, wheat, iron. And iron, that's right. And so those are all of the offer areas. And so during your turn, you're moving your ship to the next turn disc, filling up whatever goods it says to fill up on it. So this is putting one good on, on whichever ones it is. And then your choice is to either take one of the offers that are out there, say you want to take all the wood, so you just take those wood, or you use an available building. To use a building, you have your disc, which, rep- I don't know, I guess it represents your workers. I don't know what it represents, but you have a disc. You take that disc and place it on any building that's been built. It's if, you, if it's one of your buildings, that's fine. If it's in the center area, there's three starting buildings that start in the center area. Um, then you can stick it on one of those, and it doesn't cost anything to go there. Um, but if it's if somebody else has built a building and you want to use their building and there's nobody on it at the time, then you can stick your disc on one of their buildings, but you may have to pay that person some kind of entry fee. Entry fee is usually either money or food. Um, in this game, um, money can be used in place of food quite often. Um, but sometimes if you have no money and you have to pay food, sometimes you're paying more food than you might if you had to just pay money. But that's it. So you during your turn, fill up the goods, then either take a set of goods or use a building. Um, the buildings have all these different types of actions on them. The three starting buildings are all about building additional buildings. At the top of the board are three stacks of buildings. Um, you sort of fan them out. Um, you, how the game starts is you take all the buildings that are available for standard buildings, shuffle them together, make three piles um, three equal piles and all these buildings have on the back of them check marks to show whether or not they're used in the number of players that you're using. So in a three-player game, you might have some buildings you won't see that you might see in a four-player game. But you take all the buildings that are available, um, create three equal stacks of them, and then sort them by, there's this little building number on the cards. So you go from, you sort them from lowest to highest. Then you fan them out in these three offer areas. And if you want to go ahead and build a building, um, each building will have some kind of resources it requires to be built. 
Um, at the very beginning, it's basic resources like wood or clay. As you go on um, and get into the deeper into the stacks of buildings, you're going to start needing more advanced materials like um, iron is also considered a basic one too. But then after that, you'll, you'll start needing stuff like um, wood's always the same, but then you might need brick. So you have to convert your clay into brick um, and you might need steel. So converting iron into steel uh, some, for some of the more advanced buildings. The way they're fanned out, you always know um, what's coming up for the uh, the buildings as they're coming. Um, and you can also see what resources they'll eventually need. So you can sort of plan ahead in that way. Uh, but that's all the standard buildings. Um, and as I mentioned, at the end of every round, um, there's the, the round card, which will tell you how much food you have to feed your people. Sometimes it'll have a, a building card, um, like a, a card um, icon on it. If it's a standard icon, then you take the lowest numbered building that's in the three stacks um, that's available and stick it in the middle where um, the city sort of has built this building for everybody. So it now becomes a place that people can go or later on purchase. If a building's already been built, like if it's in the center, like it's including the three starting buildings, anybody can purchase those buildings for francs. Um, instead of cause, because they've already been built, you can't just go ahead and build them. Um, on the round card, sometimes you'll see an icon for a special building, and so it looks like a, a standard building, but has a an anchor, anchor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, an anchor on it. That indicates that a special building is available. And in this game, there's a huge stack of special buildings. And what you do is you take, uh, depending on the number, I think it actually doesn't even matter with the number of players. I think you just take six of those buildings, you shuffle them up, take six random buildings and create a little stack of buildings. And you don't know what's there until you flip it. If it requires a special building to come out, you flip the special building. And then quite often that special building, um, sometimes it'll go into the stack of buildings to be built. But quite often I think it'll just go into the center area um, and then it can be purchased. Uh, by somebody later. Okay, I think we only saw one special building that went into that the went into building the stack. stacks. Yeah, I think you're right. And, it, and it's specifically said on it, yeah. put this in the stack. So, But, yeah, that's essentially how the game plays. It's it's a fairly, you know, even considering how they rated it for complexity, that's probably more for strategy because the game itself plays really simply. You're taking your ship, you're putting on the first available disc, and so you'll be leapfrogging people if they're ahead of you. Um, when you get to the last disc, you complete the round and then you start the next round. And whoever was, you know, the last person who hadn't taken a turn in the, in the, in the row will be the first person on the next round. What else was there? Am I missing anything here? That's essentially the game. That is the game. That's that why is, I said it's not really It's not complex. an overly complex game. Yeah. So you're, um, there's ships, um, you can build ships. The ships will sort of help mitigate the, the amount of food you need to, to, um, to produce or, or to have at the end of every round. Um, you can always use money in place of food. So if you have a, a stack of francs, you can pay off um, any food you owe in francs. But you can't use food in the place of francs. So if you need to pay money for something, you can't go the other way in the conversion. Um, there's three types of ships in the game. There's wood ships, um, iron ships and steel ships and then eventually comes a luxury lot, uh, yacht um, the three different types of ships will produce will auto produce a certain amount of food for you each round so like a, a standard wood ship 
I think produces three. Depends ooh? on how many players you have. Depends on how many players you have because there's they do vary a bit. So there, there's I think as low as two food. Yeah. For a ship, um, and then they also have the ability to ship goods eventually. Um, in this game, shipping goods actually uh, doesn't come out until quite late, quite a bit later in the game. So at the at the uh, the beginning of the game, it's more about amassing buildings. Um, trying to keep food on the table, um, which ships do help mitigate. And um, yeah, but building ships also comes getting goods. It, okay. I won't say late, but it's more. It does take a little bit while. It is a bit middle ships. Yeah, because um, there's various things that have to be in place to, to do certain things in the game. Like as I said, the first the th- first three starting buildings are are <clears throat> um, construction buildings. You, you put your person there, it allows you to build one building from the top stack. There's one that lets you build two if you can, and then you just pay the, the appropriate resources and take the building and put it in front of you. Each building is worth a certain number of points, um, and every building has some kind of, usually usually some kind of action that you can do. So you can take, like in future turns, take your person, put it on that building to do something. Like there's one, which is like the, um, I think it's, not sure if it's a fishery or whatever, you get a certain number of fish, and then you might get additional fish based on a symbol that could show up on buildings. Um, buildings can have multiple symbols. Um, the The most typical symbol you'll see on buildings um, could be fishermen, um, or also it could also be um, this sort of hammer. Um, those are a couple of different symbols that can trigger addition, like um, actions in buildings. Um, there's also another symbol to indicate the type of building it is. There's standard buildings, uh, political buildings, like I think they're um, civ- civ- um, civic buildings, civic, yeah, yeah. Um, industrial buildings, industrial, yeah, yeah, industrial buildings. Um, quite often, those symbols um, are more for end game scoring than anything. But um, so there's a f- on, on on the building cards. There's a few different things that can help you trigger different combos if you want or or you know, way way to um try to get more out of how you, you use that building. Yeah, once you get through the game and get to the very end, uh, it's just a matter of you get like one last round. So after everybody's gone from the very last turn or round or whatever, everyone gets one more round or one more turn to do. Um, you know, during that last turn, you can go to any building. Um, you don't have to worry about occupancy because uh, in the game, if somebody's on a building, you can't use it usually. Uh, there is a, they even mentioned it in the rules, um, a tactic you can do is if you purchase a building and someone's on it, that, that person's little disc will go off of the building and then it becomes free to use. Um, or if you own a building and someone's on it, you could sell that building back to the city um, for half the value of what it's worth. And then again, if there's somebody on that building, it their disc goes away and then it becomes available to use. So there's little things you can do like that in the game. Um, so that, that's probably where the strategy really comes in, deciding whether or not you want to hold on to a building or if it's really worth it. Like if it's a low point building and you re- really want to use it, you might get rid of it just so you could have that chance to use it. Um, and I think, I think that covers, that covers the meat of it. That's essentially the game. Uh, food production, like I said, every round you have to feed your people. It starts out low, um, somewhat low, I think. We found that with less players, it's you actually have, to have more food. It, it skyrockets pretty quick. Because <laughs> when we played with um, with uh, four players, 
I think at the very beginning, like the very first round, we only needed like one food. I think it was that low. Um, it was and then, one and two. Yeah, it was, it was really low. And then, you know, every round it, it sort of increases from there until eventually you're, you're feeding your people like 18 food or, or whatever. Um, but with the three-player game, it started out a lot, quite a bit higher. I think it was like four or five food for the very first round or something like that. Um, there's a mechanic for taking loans if you ever can't feed your people or, um, well, there's also an interest mechanic. So if you, um, if you ever can't feed your people, um, you can take a loan and a loan is, it's uh, where you get four francs for it. So one loan equals four francs. Um, so sometimes you might have to take multiple loans out. Um, during the game, you can repay those loans. It's five francs to repay it. Um, but if you saw, and if you don't, but if you don't repay it by the end of the game, then it's like a negative seven points for the end of the game. Um, also there's an interest too on one of the action discs that you can, as, as you're um, going through the turns, there's one action disc that says interest. And so when someone lands on that every turn, anybody who has loans has to pay one coin in interest, not per loan. So you could have like 10 loans. You only pay one coin in interest. Um, and that's, yeah. That's the interest in it. So there's a little, a few little things to um, keep your eye out in this game for when when you're playing it. Um, now this is a game like I, we've had. I've had this game quite a long time, and this is the first time I, I you know, um, I got Jeff and, and Drew to try it out. Um, it was the first Uwe Rosenberg game I ever played. Um, my wife and Nick and I used to play it all all the time. Is one of our favorites. Uh, and maybe, and maybe it's more of a, and there's also an iPad version of the game. So it's, a, um, it's, it's an easy one to play that way too. It's, it's, it can be quite fun that way, but maybe as a two player game, it works a little bit better than it does for multiple players. I don't know. Um, I know, Drew, I know <laughs> I can see Drew looking at me. I know Drew's thoughts on it because he doesn't like the feeding mechanic on it. <laughs> it's soul crushing. <laughs> it can be soul crushing. Um, yeah, because especially at the beginning of the game, I think quite often, like, uh, there's a lot of just just trying to get a, a, a feeding mechanic going, like some kind of like not a mechanism or or what do you want to call it, like a food it? engine, an engine. Yeah, there you go. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, trying to get some kind of engine going just to maintain, you know, keep having food, but then also being able to get the other goods you need so that you can start building buildings and stuff as well. I don't know. It falls flat because of the food mechanism for me as well. Yeah, but it. If they would have put any other maintenance mechanism in the game that made a little more sense, because you're supposed to be a shipping company, not a feed <laughs> the poor company. Well, when, you know, we we recently played Caverna and uh, Agricola. Yeah, and and in that, there's absolutely feeding. There's yeah. a maintenance yep. where you, you have to keep your workers fed, but. You you know how much that is, right? Like you, it's, it's based on a worker. It's based on, based on the number, number of workers, workers you yeah. have. And this one doesn't really have it. workers. You have like one pawn, which I don't even sure if it represents workers. You have one pawn that you move yeah. from building to building. But but yeah. in Agricola and Caverna, I know how much I have to feed that worker. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. In in Lahav, I've I've really only got the one worker. And even even if we we say, well, in reality, per round you may have two, you may have three, depending on how many turns you get. How many right? turns you get in a round, yeah. But but there's no you know, it's it's not scalable. It right. it doesn't go like, well, in this round you have you have essentially three three turns, so you know, you you have to pay, you know, feed this person three food. Right, right. 
it's, they're not basing it, it goes, off of how, how often you get to act. They're basing yeah, it, it just goes, whatever round it is. This is how much food you have to pay, regardless of how many actions yeah. you took. And, and the the food inflation is insane. Mm-hmm. It is it's so heavy that uh, you know. So you were saying that that in in a four player game, um, you you might be that person that really only got the one turn, right? Well, there's three people who only get one turn. Uh, no, no, four players. No, yeah, right, that's right. Only one person. That's right. Only yeah. one person only got one turn. Yeah. Yeah, you have one turn to, out of to seven get turns yeah. to feed to feed your people. So yeah. essentially, you you won't be doing anything else. Like so much of this game was was me trying to keep my workers fed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, almost to the exclusion of everything else. Worker one very obese. Yes, worker. one, one, yeah, <laughs> one guy who's just eating it who all for some reason requires eighteen food. Yeah. Well, and it it would have been mitigated somewhat had the ability to build ships come out a bit earlier easier oh, yeah. and yeah. sooner. Well, and, and so you're talking earlier about about when when ships come into the game. That's when the wharf the, building comes out. Yeah. yeah, and and the wharf comes out mid game. Yeah, but there's two wharves, and one comes out a bit earlier than the other. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's it's maybe not quite mid game. I think it'd be a bit sooner than that. So possibly. Possibly you've been able to accumulate the, the resources required that when the wharf becomes available, that you can buy a ship. Yeah. But I think from what we saw, you know, it, it wasn't like, you know, everybody was, you know, stocked up on resources just waiting for the wharf. And then, bam, we, we built a whole bunch of ships. It was the wharf came out. And, it, and I think in both games, kind of sat there for a little bit yep. anyway mm-hmm. before, you know, we had the ability to, to build ships. Well, in our so second you're, you're, playthrough, I didn't even build a ship. Well, the, the first playthrough, I couldn't, I could not get enough resources together because I was, I was, like, I'm just trying to stay fed. Yeah. Then in the second game, you know, I, I think in the first game, Randall, you actually maybe had a, a couple ships or, yeah. or in both like games, four, like, or in both ships. games, I had quite a few ships. Yeah. Yeah. Randall's got this game figured out. You know, not not that I won either but, game. <laughs> well, <laughs> I had ships. I was able to ship goods, but I didn't win either game. You know, I, I was yeah. I was willing to maintain the illusion for the purpose of the podcast. <laughs> but throw yourself under that bus if you want. I I but, I, 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 I can admit I so, did not win. So yeah. you know, seeing the first game, and and so Randall's got a, a few ships, and and he's he you know because he's got these ships and they generate food. You know, he's got this at least a bit of a food engine going. Yeah. And was, so I see yeah. that and I think, oh, you know, like. I just could not make that happen. And in the second game, it's like, you know, whatever this takes, like I have got to get, you know, a ship made, you know, and I was able to do that, but I, I had to sacrifice so much in the, in the opening, you know, rounds of the game yep. that like I, I ended up with, I, I, I don't know how many loans, like, you know, four or five loans that, you know, okay, well, you know, I was able to get some resources. I was the first one to get a ship. Uh, you know, and still didn't generate enough food to basically keep, keep things going. And now I've got this, like, I, I've got these loans. Well, I got to get rid of these things before the end of the game because, you know, minus seven points, seven you know, points per yeah, loan. Yeah. F- and, and yeah, four or five loans or whatever. I mean, that's a lot of points. It can be. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I, I personally did not like that. Um, you know, how oppressive that food is. I, I think. Sure, I'm, I was coming into a Nouvelle Rosenberg game, and I figured that there would be some sort of you mm-hmm. know food upkeep mechanic, um, but I, I didn't realize that it, w- it was going to dominate the game like that. Well, it's expecting something a little bit more like Agricola, where, like you said, it, you're you have two people to start. You know, you have to mm-hmm. feed them this much food every yeah. Yeah. cycle, harvest, whatever it was. 
And if you increased your workers, you increased your maintenance. In this game, it doesn't matter if you're increasing anything. Like, yep. if you don't buy buildings, you just purposely stay small. You're still getting hit with food With the same increases, amount of food, yeah. Even if you're not expanding. And that's the part that bugs me. If you're falling behind because you can't, just the turn order means you can't get food and you're going to have to pick up loans and stuff. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be an increase in food for the person who's falling behind because... They're not expanding. They're not yeah. getting any bigger for that to matter. Yeah, I, I they made it a bit more variable, or, or had some kind of more of a like some kind of quantifier for based on the yeah, number of turns you had in a round or something. Then maybe it'd be a little bit more fair. I don't know. I, I can't imagine what it'd be like in, in a five player. Oh God. Oh yeah. I don't um, even know. I don't even you know, want to know. There, there is and, well, and, and part of it is too. So, uh, Ryan, are you talking about as uh, you know, each player takes their turn. They, they you know, they move their ship from. Yeah, you know, to, to wherever the they are, desk. to the next available and, desk. And yeah. each one of those desks, um, as explained earlier, will will indicate. Okay, you know, put uh, like whatever, put a fish in the fish offer area, and put a frank in the frank. Or, yeah, you know, there 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 aren't so many of those generating food. Yeah, because right. the only food is really fish. that's is fish. Is fish because you can get things that can be turned into food like grain and cattle and cattle, but by themselves they're not food. Yeah. yeah, and and so there's this. I, I mean, the competition mm-hmm. for the food resource is so high. I you know like you're you're just from what I saw like you're just spending francs mm-hmm. to to keep your yep. people fed, and then you know well I don't have money for anything. Well, yeah. and it's pretty hard to turn what you have into francs, mm-hmm. except for maybe like one or two buildings early where you can make like grain into. Into bread. Bread, if you have yeah. the energy or fish into smoked fish, again, yeah. if you have the energy, have it, energy, you get a little bit of francs from that, but then you're also getting the food. So if the person with the food is generating money, they don't need to pay. The person who's getting screwed because they don't have the food and don't have mechanics to get food aren't making money to pay their people yeah. either. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> yeah. But my, my, my second problem i guess yeah. with the game and then i'd say problem it's i guess it's it's really my problem with it yep is that you know it's it's uh it's this harbor slash shipping game and there's hardly any shipping you know like shipping really only happens very late in the game i i, I think yep. you know first i mean people are scrambling to get food then they're yep. scrambling to you know acquire some buildings that help them you know, get their mm-hmm. engines going. Yep. Then the wharf comes out. Okay, you know, ships are available, but you got to get the resources to get those. And, you know, by the time that you get those, it, it's so late in the game that very little shipping actually happened in either game. Yeah, because the shipping, right there's, the there's one thing called the shipping lines. And it is, it's very close to the... Near, yeah, it's, it's like a building. It's like a third or, or, or depending on where it falls in the stacks, it's still going to be near the bottom of whatever stack it's on. It's a fairly late game thing to do shipping, mm-hmm. it, it, which is amazing, like, it's kind of surprising for for a game that's sort of about ships yep. and, and, and producing well, goods. No, and... That, that, that's just it. The name of the game is The Harbor, but you're really, the game is about the buildings. It's not really about shipping. You yeah. need to be building the buildings. It's more about, yeah, producing your area of the docks yeah. kind of thing. But it, yeah. And what and, that, and that's fine thematically, yeah. but but what I'm getting at is is that there's there's this this mechanism in the game for shipping 
Yeah, and it comes. But too it gets late. it gets you so little. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, and I I I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's as easy as you know just moving those uh like because the the cards are numbered right yeah, that, yeah. and you you kind of they come out in a certain order and you know just the the wharfs come out mid game and the shipping lines come out late late game yeah you know if if there's a way that they can just be moved, moved up, up kind maybe. of thing yeah. so that just get you know, rid least, of the least... shipping line building just make it an action if you have a ship that you can ship with something it, like if you that. Spend maybe the energy but, but just right. some way for for the players to get to see that you know to use that mechanic a bit more you know, like, fine. You've you've stockpiled these these resources, and uh, there's there's the one uh, um, the one building that, you know, I mean, if you've got all these things, you could basically cash them in for points at the end. But if that building doesn't come out, you're, you're right. kind of boned. Yeah, it you came know, out your, in our first all your resources game mean nothing yeah. unless you could have shipped them. So, um, you know, I, I just would have liked to have seen a you know a bit more of that. Is there's this really interesting shipping mechanic. And you really only see it at the very end of the game, right? And I think I think yeah. what a waste of of a really interesting. Mechanic. Really, the the goods that you collected were really just to feed and to build buildings. Yeah, like really, they weren't meant to be shipped. It was kind of a if you have a surplus near the end of the game, here's a way to get some francs. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they were really like it's deceptive because it is supposed to be a shipping game when you look at it. Like it's a. Mm-hmm. You, well, you think of it that way, but yep. it, it's not really that, yeah. which is disappointing. I'd rather there was more emphasis on getting ships, particularly early, mm-hmm. to get some wooden ships and then upgrade and mm-hmm. actually worry about getting goods that are valuable to make money so that you can make that choice of, I'll spend money to feed or maintain mm-hmm. rather than just worry about getting fish and cattle and converting them into better food and right. doing that way instead. Like There should be two different ways that you can do it and there is it's just too hard to make francs yeah. like i said it you either have the food and the francs or you have nothing until a little later when you can start generating money through butchering cattle or making leather or something like that right yeah yeah we're making baguettes or whatever they yeah, are, whatever they are. <laughs> sandwiches and stuff yeah okay well then we'll move on now um going on to harbor the newer game came out in october of 2015 um, designed by Scott Alms, who we've talked about before on here as well. He's he's quite famous for the tiny epic versions of games, Galaxies or, or Quest or um, Kingdoms and all that. So he's done quite a few of the games he's done have sort of been uh, notable because they're in the tiny epic line. Um, but he's, he's done some other stuff as well. Um, but he seems to really like these smaller version games, like small box easy to you know carry around shorter play time um and so maybe and you know definitely get the kind of games that are easy to get to the table uh the artist for harbor um a couple of different people max holiday and rob lundy uh publishers tasty minstrel games um also arclight um but in the north america here it's tmg uh the categories it falls under uh city building economic fantasy and humor with mechanisms of set collection, variable player powers, and worker placement, it has a uh, what? Oh, I, I I find it I find <laughs> the city building a little funny. Yeah, considering it's like you know four, fourth building triggers end game. Yeah, I mean, that that <laughs> is the purpose. Is, yeah, yeah, that is the purpose that's of this not game. Much of a city. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, BGG rating on this one is six point six out of three point five um, thousand ratings. 
I have 3.5 ratings on here. That's all right. It's 3.5 thousand ratings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> three and so, a half people voted. <laughs> yeah, three and a half people voted. So in the few years it's been out, not as many people have rated this one as as uh, Lahav, same as Lahav. Um, so it's a little bit lower rating. Uh, the weight on this one is a lot lower, uh, 2.08 out of 5. Which, which, are, which yeah, tracks. Right. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Le Havre should be above it, but only yeah. a little bit above it. Yeah, definitely. Half a point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> going into the uh, the components in the rule book, the rule book is less of a rule book. It's more of a rule leaflet. It's a, it's a one, it's one, you know, tri-folded piece of paper, um, glossy paper. So it's, it's, it's really about the size of a, a little bit bigger, or about the size of an eight and a half piece of paper double-sided um without all the rules and diagrams and everything on here so it's it's well laid out and because it's such a simple game they don't really need a lot because it 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 just it, the way they have it laid out it works it's a fairly simple game um so you get enough rules in here to figure it out we had to look a few things up once in a while just to clarify a couple of things but and one wasn't even in there and we one kind of we just yeah went we went with it. <laughs> um, I did find that there's an FAQ. Um, it's not an official FAQ, but the the um, the answers of the FAQ had been run through uh, or or um, verified by like Tasty Minstrel. So it's 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 a semi-official FAQ. And I think the one thing that we talked about sort of fell in there. So I'll, I'll talk about that as we go through gameplay. Uh, but yeah, rules double-sided, nicely laid out, nicely nice and colorful, easy to follow. Good rules for for as, as as little as there is. Uh, components. This is a basically a card game with some uh, counters and stuff. So there are some wood um, counters that represent different types of goods. Everybody has a, a meeple, which is their worker, which they'll be use. They'll be going from building to building. Um, there's a number. Of, there's a stack of cards. All the cards are buildings that you build throughout the game. Um, everybody has a player board. And there's a central warehouse board as well. Everybody's player board, the majority of the player boards are all double-sided. On one side is a standard building action that everybody could have. It's it's called the uh, the wharf. It's the same for everybody if you're using that side. So that's really like your beginner side. The other side gives you um, characters. So if you're, um, after you played your first game, or even if you just want to jump into it, um, you could play with the characters. And so what happens is, when you're playing with that side, you get a couple different ones to choose from and, and choose one and, and discard the other. Um, what your player board has is a little warehouse area, which um, you'll be using good tokens to show how much you have of a particular good. And it goes from one to six. So you can never have more than six of a good. And you can never have, well, you can have zero, but you can't go below zero of a good. Um, your your card has a, a basic building action that you can use. So... Um, you can always, unless you're there, you can always place your your character, your little token on on the card to use its ability. It's the same as Lahav. Um, you always have to move your token, so we're, you can never use the building you're currently on a, a second time. You have to move to a different building. But you you have a basic building action that you can do, and it's usually two different things you can do with your building basic building action. It's either get a couple of goods, um, usually have two different types. Sometimes one of the types will be set. Or build a building, uh, buy a building. Uh, so those are the two different actions you can do on your base building. Uh, when you're using characters, every character has a special ability as well. Um, so I'm looking at one called the travel agent, 
Their special ability is when an opponent uses another player's building, you gain a good of your choice. And so there's a stack of cards, and they all have different abilities, so you can really um, vary your, your playthrough by trying out different characters each game. Um, and like I said, in the center of the um, of the table is going to be the um, the market. Um, the market indicates how much a particular good is worth at any particular time. There's four types of good in the game. There's um, uh, fish, there's livestock, uh, there's wood, and stone. Stone. Yeah, those are the four different types of good. Um, so at the beginning of the game, you sort of populate the uh, the market with the four goods randomly, so that they they range in value from two to five. So um, yeah, the lowest good's going to be worth two dollars, and the highest good will be worth five dollars. Um, how you pl- um, the object of the game is the first person to build four buildings will trigger the end of the game, and then the other players get one more turn to try to catch up or to build another building or whatever, try to try to find, you know, try to get additional points before the game ends. And then you value, you um, total up the, the value of all your buildings, like for point values and whoever has the highest number of points wins. Um, how the game plays. Everybody starts with their, their player board. And um, unless you're playing like a basic beginning game, you start with three goods, um, the quantity three of goods. There's four types, like, as I mentioned, there's four types of goods. So what you could do is you could take one of your goods and put it on the three marker if you wanted and have nothing in the others. Or you could have three of three different, you know, a single of three different goods or however you want to split it up. You start with three goods. Um, how you make money in the game is the only time you ever use money is when you're going to buy a building. So otherwise, you're going from building to building using their actions. And the actions vary. There's like tons of different actions for these buildings. You have a, a row of buildings equal to um, uh, it's three plus the number of players. So in a three-player game, there were six buildings out. You can use any of the buildings around the middle of the, in the middle of the uh, table. You can use your own buildings, and you can use other players' buildings as well. When you're using other players' buildings, there will be entry fees. And it'll uh, and the entry fees typically it's it's one good so you're giving up one of one value of one of your goods, and then that player gets to increase that good by one as um, as well. So that's how you pay for entry fees. Um, buildings have different symbols on them. Um, your basic building will usually have a, a starting symbol of some type. There's three types of symbols. Actually, there's four types of symbols. There's an anchor. Uh, there's a coin. There's a uh, top hat, and there's a warehouse. So those are the four symbols that a building can have. Anchors um, are used to trigger off of buildings that um, give you special abilities based on the number of anchors you have. Uh, so typically it's going to be, you can convert, you know, there's, there's a building that lets you convert one good into another good for each anchor you have, and then gives you an ad- extra of that good afterwards. I can't remember which building that was, but that's an example of one that, will trigger off of anchors. The coin will save you money on buying buildings. For every coin you have, it reduces the cost of a building by $1. And buildings, they typically range from, I think, as low as $6. And I think the most expensive we saw was probably around $12 or so. 13 13 Okay. Yeah. Around $13 that we've seen. There could be others that might be more. I, I don't know for sure. 
but uh, the coin will reduce the cost of how much money you need to buy that building by one per coin you have. So the more coins you have, the cheaper the buildings get. Warehouses allow um, when you, you you ship goods to get money, and that's how you buy buildings. Um, so typically, when you're shipping goods, you're shipping all of the goods you have uh, of a t- particular type, and you're not saving any. It's it's basically the cost of doing business. They say. If you have any little warehouse symbols, though, you can save one good per warehouse symbol. So if you're shipping, say, five wood um, and you have two warehouses, you can save two wood out of that And in the end. And last but not least is the top hat. If you have any buildings in your possession that have the top hat, it allows you to use other players' buildings for free without having to pay them a good. Um, So that's what the four different symbols do that you'll get off of buildings. So during your turn, um, it's essentially you move your uh, your worker to a building, do the action to the best of your ability. You always have to do the action, but sometimes there'll be time you'll use a building, and you might be able to do some of it, but you may not be able to do the whole action, and that can be okay as long as it's you know it's feasible. Um, you'll do the action, and then the next person will take their turn. And then if you ever want to buy a building, you'll go to a building. Usually your own starting building has the buy a building action. And there's a few other buildings you can get that allow you to buy buildings as well. But typically you're using your own starting building. You'll go to your starting building to buy a building. You'll ship goods based on the current market. And so you have to, and your goods have to match where they are on the market. So if wood is at $5, um, is that the five quantity or $5 mark? You have to have at least five wood to be able to ship wood to get that $5. Um, as I said, your personal warehouses go up to six. So you could have six wood. And if wood's on the $5 mark, you ship all your wood and you get $5 regardless of how much you know that you had six. But if you only had four wood, you couldn't ship it because you don't have enough wood. Uh, you can ship multiple goods to try to make up the money you need to buy a building. So usually $5 isn't enough to buy a building. So you only ship multiple goods. Um, so you'll want to ship a five and then maybe a three or whatever, as long as you have the appropriate goods and the appropriate spots, you can ship them. You reduce your goods by, um, whichever ones you shipped. And then on the market, each good you ship moves down to a, a ship icon below it. Um, so below each position on the market is a ship icon. You move them down to show that you've shipped those goods. And then once you're done buying your building, the, the market will reset. Any goods that are still on the market will shift over to the uh, the right, becoming more valuable. And the goods that you shipped will go to the end of the um, the market, becoming less valuable. Um, so the market will shift a lot in this game, especially because one person will buy a building. You might have you know a ton of uh, goods on. You might have a lot of wood, hoping to be able to ship wood for a lot of money. Someone will ship before you, and then all of a sudden your wood's worth a dollar as opposed to five dollars. So that can happen quite a bit in this game. Uh, but again, as I said, that's essentially the game. Um, as soon as somebody's built their their fourth building, the rest of the players get one more turn in order to um, to do something before the game ends. And then the game ends, add up your, your point totals for all your buildings, and whoever has the highest is the winner. So really, really basic game. Um, very, you know, there are a lot of similarities to Lahav just because, yeah, there's buildings out there. You can buy the buildings. So you're not building the buildings the same way. You're not having to collect resources to build buildings. It's all about shipping goods to get the money to buy the building. Um, as soon as you buy a building, 
you refresh the the stack out that's out in the middle of the table so a new one will come out available to use um, there's a few buildings that don't have costs they're special buildings um, ones like the wizard's traveling imaginarium another one it's called the ghost ship so they have like um, no points and no uh, monetary value but there's action spaces you can go to to do something special in the game like the ghost ship allows you to use another building that's already occupied by somebody which normally you can't do um you get to do the action on that building and then the ghost ship gets shuffled back in the into the stack and then a new ship comes out to replace it um and same with the wizard's traveling imaginarium it lets you upgrade a building um so it lets you do a buy action for a new building to upgrade one of your existing buildings to a more expensive building um again um, you'll put your person on there, you'll do the action, and then the Imaginarium gets shuffled back in and a new building comes out to replace it. And that's the thing we did. We did that yeah. right. Um, so when you use these special buildings that don't have um, any kind of value or whatever and they get shuffled back in, your dude just sort of goes into limbo until your next turn. But except the ghost ship, actually, you would go... the ghost ship too. Oh, really? Yeah, you don't actually go to the location that you you're copying. You just get to use it. You just get to use it. Okay. At least according to the FAQ. I, I don't think that... It doesn't no. really cause yeah, much it problems. Didn't yeah. impact us, but it could. I guess it could doesn't. It could impact you because if you like how we used it is you put your your mm-hmm. your, your little dude on the same card as the other dude. Yep. Then that guy's turn comes around. He has to move his dude. That card's still being used yep. up. So it's still taking a space up. Still mm-hmm. taking a space up. So I they were saying that that card your dude just goes into limbo until your turn, which yep. uh, does make an could have an effect. Not a huge one, but it could. Uh, I think those might be the only two ga- cards like that in the game, anyways. Um, otherwise, yeah, you're you're just using a card and, and going with it. So yeah, like I said, a, a lot simpler game, definitely. Um, but it was a good well, game. No maintenance, upkeep, nothing like that. Yeah, it's there's no a, maintenance. There's no food to worry about. It's kind um, of a speculation game, and that you, yeah. you need to know if someone builds before you, you like ships goods and yeah, changes your the goods value become, of everything. Yeah, your value is going to change. How do you get more for what you have? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there were a couple cards that allowed you to, to directly manipulate the market. Too. That's right. And where you can move uh, goods around on the market before um, somebody else gets to use them. And you might screw somebody else's turn yeah. up, which was interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, Cause it all, was, just, yeah. it all depends on which buildings come out of the deck and the deck's pretty big. It is. Yeah. So, I mean, Every game can be quite different depending on which ones you have come out. Because we had yeah. two in our first playthrough. We had the pirate ship and like a stock market or something yeah. that allowed you to Well, the manipulate. stock market lets you double your a good. Oh, yeah. No, it was yeah. something but else. There, there was one, yeah, that, that allowed you to directly swap, swap. stuff. Two, yeah. two resources on, on the market and then it lets you, um, just put, moves one up to the top and everything, everything else, else slides drops. down. Everything slides down, yeah. So, so I, the, I know that I... I yeah, actually got to use that in order to devalue uh, Jeff's resources because I was I was like if I if I hadn't he was absolutely going to build something before me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, one was like the privateer ship, which I think yeah. is the one you're talking about, where you take a lower good, move it to the top of the stack, and everything like to the, just drops down, and everything else drops down by one. Yeah, yeah. and then it also lets it do some other things too, like one good of any type becomes two of another type. So it gives yeah, it lets you um, mess with things quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And now in both of our playthroughs, it was whoever built their fourth building first that won. Typically so I'm, won. I'm curious if that is common, like if that is basically whoever 
yeah. gets there first. And it I, seems and, to be. And both our playthroughs, it had just happened to be that you were the first player and I was the last player in each round. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know. It felt to me like there was definitely um, a detriment to going last. Well, you have to be a lot more speculative in what you're going to be able to like. You're probably not building first. No, as you're last definitely player. Yeah, as last player, you're so definitely you, not building. You first. have to be paying attention to what the other players before you are. Yeah, taking for goods and take the other stuff because that's what's going to be valuable when you build. Mm-hmm. So, and the, and the random nature of how the buildings come out. Like in our first our first ever playthrough, we did um the basic setup. So we did we did everything basic. We had wharves. Everyone had wharves. We didn't have special player powers. Um, there's a few different buildings they say you should start with, like, and then there's a, a few random buildings that come out as well. But there's like three different buildings they say start with these three buildings, and then have some random buildings as well. Um, but then in our second playthrough, we just randomized everything. It was total random number of buildings. Um, a lot harder for actions in our second playthrough because yeah. of it. And and with the first playthrough, you start with one of every good. So you had like all four of your tokens were on the one on your warehouse. Whereas this, when the second playthrough, you get three goods total. However, you split it up. So there's definitely going to be at least one good you don't start with at all. Yeah. Um, which can make quite a bit of difference too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, there's nothing you can ship for one dollar. Um, the minimum shipping is two dollars. Yep. Um, so you always have to have at least two of something to be able to ship it. As long as it's the appropriate kind of good. So even at the beginning, you know, unless you start with something on the two or the three, you're not shipping right away anyways. But I, I do think, you know, there might not be an immediate advantage to, to going last. But but once endgame is triggered, depending on who triggered it, you you do get that last opportunity to. So, yeah. So as just saying. Like you get one last buy. If you're, yeah. you're kind of watching those markets and, and anticipating, you know, where you your goods are going to be so if i if i look over and I, you know jeff's got a pile of resources he's likely going to build something mm-hmm. you know what resources will i have when you know after he's done the market changes you know am i am i making sure that i have those resources cuz they're going to be at the top now yeah but if you're paying attention to that i think that's what would mitigate you know that that going last. Yes. Thing. So it all depends. Jeff though, triggers too. end game, and then yeah. you and I would get that last turn if we've been watching the market correctly. You know that's a, that's our best opportunity is to and, buy something. Out there. And everything is open information in this game, though, too. So there's yeah, there's watching the market to see mm-hmm. what you might be able to buy. But you'll know too, just looking at everybody's cards where you what's going to be spent. Yeah, yeah, because I was like throughout the whole game, you know, like this, even the second game, um, I was looking and I had like two buildings that were worth nine and one building that was worth six. And I look over at you and you had two buildings that were worth ten and yeah. one building that was worth seven. So right away, you're three points ahead of me. Yeah. And then you know, so and depending on what building you might build last. It's just yeah to make up that difference. <laughs> make up that difference, uh-huh. or you know, there's a, Jeff was like he jumped ahead and he had like a 13 point building yeah. and an 11 point building. Yeah, and it's like we see like such a disparate you know difference between buildings. Like how, yeah. there's, sometimes you can't think of any way to catch up. Yeah, well, and, and I agree. There yeah. just might not be. Yeah, because I I think at the um yeah at, at the end. When when Jeff triggered Endgame in the second game, you know I was I was looking at what was out on the table, and, yeah. and there was nothing that I could possibly purchase that would have would ca- caught up and passed them. 
Right. So, and I mean, that, yeah. I again, it comes down to the market too. Like, do you have the appropriate goods to even to try build to, anything? Yeah. Like, I had enough goods to build a six six dollar building, which great. I had a six dollar building. Didn't even get me close uh-huh. to what I needed. So it's like, okay, great. Yeah, I that's could, what I that's what I mean. Building. You kind of know after yeah. that once end game is triggered you kind of know you know if you have any chance in hell yeah (laughs) because even if one of you had built your last building i think the worst that would have happened to me is a tie well i think the best you can hope for buildings i've built before is that the person who triggered end game didn't didn't trigger it at the right time yeah you know he he made a mistake and left stuff out there yeah yeah yeah, that's really like uh, an if. Like you're hoping that they made a mistake that they're buying their fourth building, but their buildings are worth crap. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you can only hope for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that de- definitely didn't happen to me either game, <laughs> either playthrough. But that uh, the one of the things that I really liked about this game, the second playthrough, mm-hmm. when we looked through all the characters that you could play, yeah, yeah. there did not seem to be one that was like. Way overpowered really or... or really overpowered. They're yeah. all in the same ballpark and they're all fairly interesting. It's like I yeah. could see trying that. And yeah. I had a hard time picking which character I was going yeah, to use too. out of the two. True. I, uh, we had the random cards. I had both of them were definitely good. Yeah. 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 I agree. I thought the, the variable player power was, was, uh, I, I think made the game more interesting. I definitely. I, I won the first game. We were, you know, playing the sort of the generic, Just the generic, but I found players. the second one much, much more, more entertaining. Yeah. <clears throat> because. You know, even after having, you know, like, yes, the the struggle to pick which one of these is good. I I think that would be where I where I would want to play this game a bunch of times is to one just to see the different, um, you know, the different characters and powers how that impacts, are out there yeah. and how it interacts with the game. But trying to find that, you know, like how how do I manipulate this power, you know, to to the greatest effect in this game? Yeah, and and that's what I found really interesting about those yep those cards. Yeah, and and the art on them too. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's it's, it's very cartoony, cutesy, art. cartoony stuff, but it's, but it's, it's good. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's not too. Well, it's kind of cart. It's very cartoony, but it um, it's 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 definitely um, good art. Well, it's like the yeah. you know orcs and skeletons and stuff are your yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. It's not just a. Your humans in a harbor. Yeah, yeah. Was, wasn't the the witch the real estate agent? Yeah, the travel agent yeah, is the witch. The travel agent. <laughs> yeah, and there's also um, there's a solo play on this too. So you you play against a travel dummy or training dummy, not training travel, dummy. a training dummy. And there's a whole bunch of rules in the back of it to to do a solo play. I've never tried that, so I don't know how it is. Um, there are a few um, optional rules you can play with. We played with one of them on our on our second playthrough. It's called Inland Traders. Inland Traders. Um, how that works is before you ship, you can sell one of every good to the inland traders for $3. So you reduce all your goods by one, you get $3, and then afterwards you can ship and then get whatever additional money you can from shipping. Uh, we did use that. We did try that out on our second playthrough. Um, I didn't get to – I think – I know Jeff definitely – I used it a few times. Yeah, I think I used it twice. In the yeah, and I don't think I used it at all. I, it's just I found it too hard to get – the amount of goods I wanted to also be able to ship afterwards. So yeah, it was it was kind of a detriment that our uh, who goes first program picked me twice because yeah. <laughs> it really did seem that the person who was last was like both games. Randall was right from the start at a disadvantage, at a disadvantage a in trying yeah. to catch up to us. I think. 
So I think well, it makes I, a bit I, of a difference. Maybe he just doesn't get it. I yeah, he, yeah, he maybe. might just be bad at this one. <laughs> you're, you're, you're more Lahav speed, and maybe you know, guess it's too game simple. Like this is just what the... this game's too easy. Yeah. I'm trying to feed my people. <laughs> yeah. They're not. There's eating. no mechanic. <laughs> uh, there's also an optional um, rule in here which we didn't use. Um, has to do with sort of trading at the end. Um, there's four cards. Uh, one card for each type of good that you randomly hand out to everybody. And depending on what cards you get, you're try- you, um, you can trade in that good at the very end of the game for points. Um, so it's like trade in uh, one good for one point, three goods for two, four for three, five for four, and six for five. And depending on what the good is, you know, if it's livestock, stone, fish, or wood. So it's like the different bonuses you can get. So if if you do get stuck with a bunch of points at the end of the game, you might be able to trade it in. Or a bunch of goods at the end of the game. You might be able to trade it for points if you have the appropriate bonus card. Yeah, and, and if the game is tight, like if the... That could make a big difference. It, that could make that, a difference. That could actually upset the entire game. It could. Well, I mean, the first game, there was a difference of three points between us. Yep. So, and I, I had goods that just... I couldn't buy a building at the end, really, because of the way the goods ended up panning out because I was the last person yep. to get an action. And that may have put me over the top. And then in the second game, I think there was six points between first and second yeah, i don't even remember it, but it could have resulted in a tie based off of again whether or not you had yep. the good or not with the bonus points so mm-hmm. it, it could have a big impact it on could it. yeah um so we haven't tried that we you know maybe in the future if we play this we probably will play this again at yeah some i like point. that game it, it was a good game um we might give that we'll probably give that a try to see how it you know how it adds or affects the game we'll see if it really makes much of a difference to the game or not well, I thought the optional inland trading thing would help the person who went last, but it seemed to help me more, <laughs> me more than, than it me. did the rest of you. Yeah. So it, it, maybe that isn't a good rule. Again, it, yeah. well, there it's was... hard to say when I was first both times. I saw, like, I didn't win both games being first, but mm-hmm. it oh. definitely seemed like you were playing catch up to Drew and I. Because, well, the, whoever's last has last choice of where they're going to go with their dude. Um, yep. you know, well, so depending on if there's a really good building out there, it's like, okay, you're not going to be able to get to that building. Because and there was, there really wasn't a lot of options in the second game. In the second game, at, not at as many. Start. Well, especially yeah. like, you know, that even second turn, you're not getting that building. Because yeah. like in our second playthrough, the stock exchange or the stock market was out right mm-hmm. from the beginning. So both Drew and I took a good at three. Mm-hmm. First turn, I took it and doubled it to six. Second turn, Drew took it and doubled his good to six. And then, yeah, it took me like my third turn before I could do that. Yeah, before yeah. you could use it. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, yeah, there, there can be, at least it seems like it, there can definitely be a... Yeah, depending on what cards come out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. big time. Well, and like especially there was, there since was just there was... we just couldn't use. There yeah. was three cards that Drew and I couldn't use. Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely cards out there. Oh, you didn't have anchors. We didn't have anchors. And I did have anchors. But, but they just weren't didn't help great me enough. buildings, yeah. but you knew that Drew and I were going to be competing for the ones that we could actually yeah. use instead. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, three turns. And, I mean, if you put it up to four players, that's four turns of that person not getting the best of actions in theory. So mm-hmm. it could really get compounded for the more players you add, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah well, I think it would either yeah. become... I don't know. It might become compound. It might. It might actually alleviate. Some it of might. That. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, if you're if you're seeing more buildings because you've got more players, if your options are 
like you know, if they're more diverse it would help and yeah and you see it you see uh you know a scattering of player powers but that being the fourth player it could be really hard to be speculating on when and what you're going oh, yeah. to need to build with mm-hmm. whereas the first player is really they're probably building first yeah i think i built first almost i think you did um, in both probably or, both or did drew build first in the i'm not sure i don't no. remember yeah it's hard but, to remember that yeah, yeah. but it was uh, it's a lot easier to know what is going to be available for goods to ship at the yeah i think earlier typically stages. that that the first person is going to be building first yeah mm-hmm. quite often because they're but, had a bit more of a yeah. chance to get their goods and, of course, yeah, and then like you, the pirate you, you just ship. kind of have to re- hope too that uh you know like so you, you see a here's a, a building that's you know, cost six dollars, but it's for seven points. This one's, you know, whatever the yeah the cost versus the points comes out, and then which buildings you know Jeff wants to get because well th- this one's got you know a coin with it and that'll allow him to you know so based on that you know yeah there's there's a lot of sort of variables to that so well, maybe it's there's also I was thinking maybe there would be a point to building as quickly as possible, like the low cost buildings. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't think the mechanics are there in this game to go that route. I think you need the higher point buildings. You're better yeah. off to wait for like the 10 or nine point buildings. A lot of times than you are to get like three, five point buildings. Well, yeah. unless, unless you're just positioned right to like, to get them all trigger end game yeah. as fast as, as quick possible. As possible. And, and pe- like, that, and, yeah, and, that might be and the leave thing. the high point ones out there. People can't afford them. Yeah. But so, as soon as someone can, because I mean, you're not going to get four buildings before someone else can build. That's, no, not not build, but but if it but takes if me you, three if buildings, you trigger end game and and the, you know the buildings that are left are very like are you know even moderately yeah. expensive. You're just never going to be able to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Just, I can't build. You know, I guess two it's the, or three buildings that are worth eight dollars. Shipping as soon as you have like the three and the two dollar good. And buying like the five dollar building that's worth five points, or the seven dollar building that's worth five points, kind of mm-hmm. thing, and just as quick as possible cycle through. Yeah. But and if everybody's ignoring the the five point buildings, that might be exactly the the correct thing is just keep buying the cheap stuff and maybe and this as fast as possible. I think the most interesting start with a lot of people, like three or four people, would be to have the freelancership out there, like the way to yeah. manipulate the market. Right, yeah. yeah, and that way, first players like. Well, I could go all in on the good that's currently top, but mm-hmm. someone can change that. It can yeah. be like, changed right as soon away. as that yeah. element was implemented. It made it so much more difficult to know what to do. You had to be yeah. kind of in everything because well, you never I said, knew. that's what saved me. Yeah, yeah. So was, was basically devaluing your goods. Yeah, true. That building did have a huge impact. Yeah, yeah. Having those market manipulation buildings. Yeah. Well, and they they both came out. So um, on on your turn, you had manipulated it a certain way. And then, you know, I, I acted right after you and used the other market one back. to base. It wasn't flip it back because it wasn't the exact no, same action. It wasn't the same action. But, but it was yeah. enough to devalue your goods enough yeah. that mm-hmm. you couldn't buy what I was, well, at least what I was pretty sure you were going to go after. Well, and even like because you triggered last game, I speculated wrong and couldn't get the building I wanted. But even if I had gotten that building, I was only tying. Like it was, it, right, it's really right. difficult to build in the last turn. And come out on top, yeah. unless but, you're starting. But from a even then, so you, you had you had taken the one market. I taken the next one, which meant that okay. So Randall does his turn. It gets back to you. You cannot because I'm on that market. Yeah, I can't you manipulate can't it. Manipulate it back. Yeah, and, and, that's and something I didn't that the ghost want, ship is out there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want it 
to get to get manipulated again because I you're going to build it the way it. I was going to put it, and so yeah, I just lined lined it up and. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, for a simple good. game, it has some yeah, there's some oh, tactical definitely. and strategic. There's thinking definitely a strategy to, that, so. to it, yeah, and you have to keep track of but things. It, yeah. But it is a, it is quite a bit simpler than yeah, and like it, much it even shows in the player time. Like yeah. we, it's, they, they say thirty to sixty minutes, and we played about sixty about sixty minutes 60, or so. Yeah. Even with our learning game, it wasn't too much different. I think maybe you you could, um, I don't know, maybe lengthen it out and and you know say like maybe the the person who gets you know builds their fifth or sixth, I don't know, something like that, so you can sure see a you bit could more make it, it but last longer by that. Yeah, yeah. I, think, give people I don't know. I think it would chance. be better though, just cycling through the games rather like to yeah. play more rather more than with different one cards. longer one. I think would yeah. probably be better and definitely change who's first player if you're doing it that way just to yeah i'll definitely i'll turn up yeah the first player i mean we we left it to chance who got it but we we probably should have like completely reversed it so that i was last player or something just to just to see see the mechanic yeah but something to think about for next time okay so that's the uh that's harbor so then now we'll go on to our final thoughts or our results um I'm, I'm, you can probably tell from the discussion it's how it's probably going to come out. Um, personally, I still think I like Lahav a bit better just because I like the heavier Euros. Um, but I do like Harbor, and I'm, you know Harbor is definitely the one that's going to get to the table more often because it's just that much easier a game to get out there. It's easier to intro. more accessible. Yeah. It definitely you know definitely be easier for people to get into than say like a little bit drier theme of Lahav. And then not having to worry about feeding your people and such like that makes makes a lot more sense. But um, I'll let the other guys say what they think. For me, it probably Harbor is better. Yep. Like, but they're so different in like they are different the, enough. Yeah. They're different enough that the themes are very similar. I like the fact that in Harbor you feel like you're actually shipping goods. Right, you're actually that's the whole expanding thing. You're shipping company. goods to right. get money. Yeah, like you're you're building up your company in you know by shipping these goods out you're not consuming your goods or whatever so in that regard i liked harbor but it is just a simple game that you know it's probably not going to be a a mainstay of well we're going to get together and play harbor it's more of a in-between yeah it's definitely a filler yeah Yeah. where la havre as the euros go definitely not my favorite yeah like there's better out there but it's not it's not so bad that yeah. if it was the only Euro available, I'd play it. Yeah. Like, definitely I'd get, grab it. But for the purposes of what we're doing, I have yep. to pick one. So I'd pick Harbor yep. for that reason. I love Uwe Rosenberg, but this one is soul-crushing. <laughs> <laughs> like People who call it Agricola Misery Farm have never played, I don't know, Terror Harbor. I don't know. Um, I. But at the same time, I... I you know, I, I and I, I think I'm a bit like you, around Like I, I actually have become quite fond of the heavier euros. Yeah. And I, I find I like a game that challenges me to, mm-hmm. you know, think, think a little bit more yeah. strategically. And and I, I recognize about this game that it's probably me, no, less than the game. <laughs> that that there's probably you know some some really good strategy that I just I have not figured this game out. Um, but. That being said, yeah, this the 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 feeding mechanic was so oppressive, and the fact that I, you know, I felt like the game should have more shipping in it, yeah, and it just it just was sort of almost like an afterthought. So, 
so yeah, I think in in this one, yeah, I I I want to like Lahav more, but uh, I I like Harbor. Oh, that's fair. So that's that's it. Our winner this week is Harbor. Um, so now we're going to go on to our second segment. We're going to be talking about Gloomhaven. Now this this is going to venture into spoiler territory because we are going to be discussing some classes that we've unlocked. But not huge spoilers like, okay, yeah, we're going to be just talking about some classes you may not have seen before. But, it, you know, we'll probably be talking about how they play a little bit. But we're not going to be, like, spoiling missions. We're not going to be spoiling events. We're not really going to be getting into that. It's just going to be talking about our feelings on, on playing some of these new classes and such. Um, like, I, I I think the first person, who was the first one? It was Marcus, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he retired his brute first. Yeah, yeah. Marcus retired his brute. Yeah, it was then, the easiest to retire. Then he went we into the elementalist. Um, Drew retired his mind thief, mind thief and went into the beast master, or beast tamer, or oh, something wait, like no, that. Oh, wait, no, I guess yeah, I was, was the first one to retire then. Was it oh, you the first? Because yeah, you went from your scoundrel I, to the... Marcus just got the elementalist and isn't liking it. Okay. No, that's right. Yeah. You're right. So I that think was it was me and then Drew and then Marcus and yeah, then... I think that's I yeah I was right. last yeah. to retire yeah. that's right so okay so you retired your scoundrel and went to the um, sun sunkeeper sunkeeper which yeah. is sort of the paladin of the game and then yeah I retired my tinkerer and you know fairly recently and went to the um, doomstalker yep wonderful yeah. class that one yeah actually I'm really enjoying the doomstalker and I, then Drew, I've only tried it a couple times so far beast. Stalker? No, Beast Tamer. No, it's not Tamer. I don't. I think it's Beast Stalker, isn't it? I, I can't remember. The one with the bear. Yeah, the, the one bear. The, the bear. one that has two miniatures. Chris, Christopher Robin and Wayne the Pooh. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are a little miniature, a little yeah, teeny guy, just a little guy. Uh, <laughs> they've both been not very fun. Yeah, the, the classes. You mean the or, classes or oh, the play uh, style? Mine. The the mine thief. Well, they they uh, they both have. Like fundamental to their characters is are these summons, right? And and that's a horrible part of this game. It, yeah, it, it's it. Well, it was less pronounced. Interestingly, I mean, as, and the, as mind, the thief? mind thief. Yeah, because the mind thief had some summons, but you, had, you could easily you were doing. Them out. Yeah, yeah, and the summons, for, especially for the mind thief, and for most people, is you bring out a summons, and the summons does its thing. It it, it acts like a like a monster does. It goes to the clear, closest target. Kind of yeah. thing. It's and... retarded, is what it comes down yeah. to. It yeah. it does not work with the group. It does not have enough health to be on its own, and it's useless. Well, yeah. I, I would say it was less useless with the mind thief. There there was, you know, the odd opportunity for it to, um, you know, basically you you could throw it out in front of you, and and you know the mobs would target it. You know, so you could potentially it, it use absorbs that as, a, as hit. a bit of a meat shield, yeah, yeah. or a distraction, right. Um, but yeah, with uh, whatever it is, the beast it's beast tamer something. something. It might be tamer because I don't it's, think it's master because that's a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fundamental yeah. to to it, and um, the the bear ha- is not bad. Like that's that's a pretty strong summons, but because of its of its targeting behavior and and uh, you know you you have some control over it, but there's also some actions that happen automatically. That, that you, yeah, you don't you have no say in it. It yeah. just um, and, the, and then once it's gone, the Beastmaster at least he's designed to help mitigate that because all your cards are command he's cards. Only one that relies he's on summons one. in the game yeah. that actually can make it work because a the yeah. bear goes up in health, yeah. and b he has the ability to save it by commanding it. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, you, you can command it to move away if you want. And it has an attack because of that. Well, but right. a couple of things about that is is if if I'm if I'm using my command cards to save it, you know, yeah, is that, is that yeah. really like I, I'm I'm my dog keeps running into traffic and I have well, to use my cards to keep him from from dying. You're you're adding creatures to the board for the rest of us to fight without contributing is really that that class is what yeah. it seems yeah. like. Well, I shouldn't that say too, like but... you're not contributing. You're contributing as best as the class can, but well, it, it doesn't exactly. hold its weight yeah. compared to like the Sunkeeper. It is both utility and healing and can hit hard when it needs to. Right. The Doomstalker is just a wonderful offensive yeah. <laughs> character. Like very nicely done that one. And then we have the Elementalist and the Beast Stalker guy, and they're both so weak that it's just yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, once once the bear is gone, you know, you're you're left with these, you know, this move uh, to attack too. Well, no, card, <laughs> but cards with you, you have additional summons that are so weak. You know, I think like the 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 wolf is, is is I think maybe the the best one that's still left. But you know, and, and then like a bird, the, the the hit points are just so low they can't hit hard. You know, at the level that we're at, so the, your bear's gone. And these the rest of these summons are terrible. And then what makes matters worse is at least fifty percent of your cards are command cards. Yeah. Well, yeah. I get without the summon, you have nothing to do those with those cards other yeah. than just the basic. There's there's a right. couple. Well, there's a couple cards that you know, like that move me that allow me, you know, to to do one decent attack, maybe two, but. Yeah, like once that bear's gone, I'm. It's essentially hang back and hope the rest of you guys can mm-hmm. can get this done because I'm I'm essentially moving to protect myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, like beast I've tyrant, seen beast tyrant. beast tyrant. That's what yeah. it is. I've seen all but the bone saw character. I think now. Okay, and it by my estimation, your character isn't even the weakest in the game. Yours is slightly better than the Elementalist, as long as your bear can remain alive. Mm-hmm. And below the Elementalist is a different one that also relies on summons that doesn't have command cards. So it Somebody relies on out, uh, summons that are garbage. Yeah, they're just running. Uh, yeah. yeah, like it, it has some good ones mm-hmm. that are more utility and help the party through healing and stuff. Right. But I mean... Yeah, some of the classes just don't make sense, especially when you look at some of the really good classes that they've put in this game, even like the starting ones. You have the Scoundrel, who is probably one of the more powerful classes in the game right yeah. to start and is unique and can hit hard and can mm-hmm. go invisible and stuff like that. And then you switch to like the Elementalist. You'd just be <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. Like this guy has attack ones. Mm-hmm. Unless you can charge yeah. up like a bunch of different elements all at the same time, and you can't use those elements on your turn when you charge them, mm-hmm. so it relies on other people. And there's not enough people that charge stuff, so it just that's true. The elementalist would be great if there was better synergy, mm-hmm. but you have no control of when you're unlocking these characters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. I don't know. It, the Sunkeeper is brilliant. I like. I really enjoy playing the Sunkeeper. That's good. Yeah, She's, the Sunkeeper, it seems like it's been a really good one. Yeah, like, it, she just can fill in the void of healer and tank, and then just all of a sudden turn around because, okay, we need to kill something and just smack it as hard as she can. Right. 
and she charges her own element consistently and turns yeah, around that was and actually, uses it. That was really nice. So, like, brilliantly thought out class, and then you get the beast tyrant, and you're like, oh. <laughs> well, and and it's 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 hard for it to gain experience because it's just you know once that bear's dead, you're not hitting killing anything. You're not using experience cards anymore. Yeah, and yeah. um, you know, I can't get enough money to buy anything in between sessions so right and i mean this might make the bear a little too difficult to use if they implement what i'm about to say if if, if they took away its summon action first and just made it completely commanded yeah so that you controlled where it went yeah. but you're using your actions to oh do at it. all times yeah at all times it it would be a little harder to use but he would be so much more useful because he would uh -huh. be your character yeah and you could make a mistake and have him die potentially right but it, he just that initial move where you pick your action at the beginning of the round and then everything moves randomly on initiatives yeah and, and that's exactly it the the initiatives you know depending on how they come out my my summons might end up somewhere where i, where you, I yeah you, you can't know, do and, the action and then, planned and then yeah the, the cards that i picked are well this is useless because that mm -hmm. bear is over there now or did that or got killed or whatever and right and I mean, it's, I, it's just so chaotic that I understand that that the initiative, like keeping your initiative secret from mm -hmm. the rest of the party, is an important aspect of this game. Without it, mm -hmm. the game's too easy. That's right. If like, everyone knows exactly when everyone's going, it's yeah, it's yeah. just way too. But for the beast tyrant to not know, yeah, and just it's like okay, you've just ruined my entire turn because you killed the creature that the the bear was going to move towards when it acted, yep. which was going to get me to the thing I actually wanted to attack. And right. it just isn't going to work now. Mm -hmm. And now the bear is going to go after something else that yeah. I wasn't expecting well, it and, to go yeah, after. That, that yeah. actually, that happens so often. There, there was a yeah. one time and where Marcus, we... Marcus kills the thing that I, that my <laughs> summons was going after. And, uh, yeah. they're just, my cards are garbage. Yeah. There was the one Basic quest again. that it, it's like stuff appeared behind us. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like the bear was, doing its thing we're like oh this is like i think it was the first time you used the beast tyrant actually i think so and it was like the bears cooperating it's moving up with us and all of a sudden oh the closest enemies at the back and the entrance yeah so the bear turned around and went away and yeah. it's like <laughs> oh great okay there goes a lot of stuff well, to and, take and hits. because you know everybody's moving towards the other the other end well the, the bear doesn't really you. have a lot of support and it actually yeah it trapped the both of us back there i think the the bear died and i survived it yeah barely barely yep yeah like it just yeah the, the summoning mechanic is one of the weakest yeah. aspects of this mm -hmm. game that just i don't know it seemed tagged on almost yeah yeah it's it's the kind of thing where you know at, at the beginning it's it seems really interesting but but yeah, it in, just, in actual play it's yeah, yeah it's it, terrible it, it's hard too because I, I started out with the tinkerer and he has a couple some like he starts with one particular summons you could use and then there's i think a couple more that come out eventually but they're not really, yeah, they don't seem like they're worth it because first off, they're, they can be slow. So you summon it and then it, yeah, it, it moves behind. slower than you are usually. And so it lags behind. Or when it does get up there, you know, it, you know one or two hits and it's gone. Uh -huh. And it's like, okay, well, great. That was worth burning a card on. Sure, you can maybe get a couple of experience for it. So it's a good way to get experience sometimes. But, but it's, that, yeah, it's for the experience. You're not using for the, the summons for anything useful. Yeah, so as the tinkerer, I you know never took that card i got rid of it right away um I, I found that was i did really enjoy playing the tinkerer um and i found the tinkerer to be very versatile because at the beginning of the game i was able to focus more on healing because yep. yeah. he had a lot of healing abilities yeah which which helped is huge. but then when you guys started 
retiring and we started losing our heavy hitters, I was able to switch him up with well, especially my when cards I that I had and, and hit more. Yeah. It's like I could heal better than you. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're just like, okay, I guess I'll just move to offense. And now, now I'll start doing offensive. And I was able to well. do offensive. Yeah. yeah. So I like the tinker on that. But then I, now I've switched over to the Doomstalker. But and he's totally offense, and but he's he's good at it. In a different way, too. In a different way, he's unique. He he's unique because he has this whole thing where he puts a doom token on on a target, and quite often that doom token's, uh, you know, making it better for everybody. Whoever hits that guy yeah. will either do more damage to him or or whatever the effect might be. So that um that can be that was, that's a really interesting mechanic. Mm-hmm. I really like what they've done with that. Um, yeah, there's two things in this game that have fallen flat for me. One is Envelope X, which I won't spoil yeah. anything about it. Because we don't even know what it yeah, is. Yeah, because you guys don't yeah. know what, what yeah. it is. But I'll just say that the idea behind it was excellent. Like, the mm-hmm. the, yeah. the concept was great. The implementation was horrible. Mm-hmm. And it was completely disappointing. And then summons were oh. just, it again, excellent concept needs a better way and needs a better mechanic because it just i want a summoner to be a viable character class that brings up something unique that helps and it can take a hit or two not just die immediately right and well yeah and that that was the thing is is so the the bear levels with me but nothing else does and eventually you know i mean it's fine like you know you when you first bring out a a new character it i kind of expected to struggle a little bit if at level one sure so you know the barrel gets stronger, but the the other summons will will stay exactly where they are. So they become horrible. Yeah. But then, in theory, like there should be new summons coming in your higher cards, but they're not good enough. They're not good enough. They yeah. don't get enough health. They yeah. don't do enough. Their base attack isn't high enough. Yeah, and, and it's like, yeah, I don't know the, the summoning. Well, I mean, you can only replace so much at a time too. When yeah. you summon a card. And it is then lost once the summon's dead and it only lasts a turn without doing anything. Yeah. Is it really worth losing a card for it? Right. Especially yeah. when it's like you have a paladin or sunkeeper that mm-hmm. can give you back your discarded cards. Yeah. So, well, like, and I, and I, I could keep someone in the game as long as they're not losing their cards. Right. For a long period of time. And, I mean, we've won, a, well, several missions just through that mechanic yep. but i can't help it if you've lost your cards and the summon it's like okay yeah. well it did nothing for us and now i can't keep you alive like yeah you've, yeah yeah and so what I, what I end up looking at is is you know as i level the characters is actually looking to pull my summons out of my own like just yep i, I don't want summons in my in my deck i'll look for you know uh cards that that provide um you know the beast tyrant rather than it summons mm-hmm. some sort of benefit so that but then what's the point yeah like beast tyrant with no beasts yeah yeah, yeah and even the doomstalker has a couple i think they must have built a couple summons almost everybody maybe not everybody but close not everybody but yeah even close. the doomstalker has a couple summons and i didn't even consider them it's like okay no i just mm-hmm. go to something else yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, and the circles within circles class is one of those classes where you'll be horrendously disappointed in it when you see it <laughs> it's like if you have a choice between unlocking that one and any other class, uh, unlock the other class. Oh, like, wow. Honestly. Yeah. It, it can work, but not the way it's intended to work, oh. and that's the sad part about it. Well, maybe the Triforce, the, the Elementalist. It, it, right. It, they're they're pretty close, in my opinion, okay. as to garbage. But, yeah, I don't... <sighs> hmm. 
And and so that's Marcus's. That Marcus is using the elementalist yeah. right now. Yeah. And so you you must have talked to him a bit. Yeah. What, he he he's, thinks he's really the best hated. class he's played or seen is the Doom Stalker because he's person. played he's played the Doom Stalker in the other your other campaign. Yes, in the other playing. campaign, yeah. he's playing the Doom Stalker, and he's the one that unlocked Envelope X in that campaign, yeah. and he immediately went back to playing the Doom Stalker. Oh, so he well, just retired did, and restarted. Obviously, he must have some specific complaints about the elementalist. Yes, the elementalist to him is just has no teeth and yeah. it's it there's not enough in it that's support for other people and our party makeup doesn't have it's like he can charge elements but yeah. because none of us use elements yeah. what's the point and none yeah, of us charge yeah. elements for I, I him. think there's that's maybe true. maybe two cards in in my hand that charge might, something might, well mm-hmm. uh, or use an element yeah, because yeah, it's the other um, was it the spellweaver? He uses elements, right? The spellweaver. Yeah, the, yeah. The, from what I've read, the spellweaver and the elementalist are the ones that need to the work two together. Heaviest, yeah. yeah, two heaviest on the so elements. So it's like one charges for the other on their turn, and that person then uses it. So right. those two are supposed to work together. But the spellweaver, I mean, it's it's a starting class, but it's a more complex starting class. It's got a low card count, and a lot of their cards. Mm-hmm. It's you lose them to use them if they're the, mm-hmm. for the good ability, and I mean she mitigates it a bit by having there's a card that lets her get back all her back lost all cards, her lost cards yeah. once, but it takes some planning. Like it does. the, the yeah. person that was playing her in our campaign a few times miscalculated cards or got hit enough that you lost one card, and it was the difference between dying outright yeah. or right. being in the game for another so many turns. Yeah. So, yeah, it's she's complex. She's better than the elementalist. Yeah, I started playing her. There's this community event happening right now. We've only played it once, and we probably won't get back to it. But <laughs> <laughs> I started playing her for the community event because I was kind of curious about her. And yeah, um, I, I do want to try her out more. Maybe so we'll have to see what happens with retiring later. And maybe I'll get a chance to try her again in the regular campaign we're doing. But she seemed interesting. Like I, I, you know, she does have less cards than everybody else. But her interactions with her cards was 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 interesting. I yeah, she's that. pretty yeah. self-contained, which makes her easier. Where the elementalist is, just it needs everything. Yeah, and just can't charge enough for itself. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you got into the card enhancements with the class, so that you were putting more elemental charges on specific actions, and you know, then you know do this this turn, do this next turn right? kind of thing. But yeah, no, definitely near the bottom of classes in my opinion. And maybe if we try them together, like you said, like if we can get the Elementalist and the Spellweaver together, together in a, you know, at some point, maybe yeah. we can see if that really makes the Elementalist... Hard to do though because I, yeah. I found... We have like, to have two people retiring at the same time. You have to have two people retiring and, and you need to have someone who's willing to go back to a starting class rather than the one they've unlocked. Yeah, if they've unlocked something. Because sometimes yes. like we have right now, yeah, our goal Yeah, might be that person. Might, our, <laughs> Drew and I both have this, a goal where it's yeah. going to unlock the same class. So one of us is going to unlock that new class right away and the other one is going to unlock a couple of random things instead and then we'll have to move to a class that's already unlocked or or whatever so and yeah he's he's one of the better classes so good luck with uh whichever one he gets it first well he, i'll be honest i I, yeah. I will probably just be happy enough to not have some well at, <laughs> at this point you know, going back to a starting character might be at this fine. point for you we have to actually go and redo 
a mission. Yeah, that's to true. Retire so you, get retired. Yeah, because we finished all the other crypts. I believe it was that you have to maybe. Yeah, the, yeah. he he unlocks a crypt mission with doing three right. crypt missions is what it is. Yeah. So the only way you will retire is if we go back and yeah. repeat something where Randall's retirement goal is just killing stuff. So it's yeah. easier to complete without repeating. But I'm not less. as keen to retire well, yeah, right away either. I have a good right? character. Yeah. So yeah. Well and it, and it was it was essentially Marcus and I were well desperate to retire. So I think the, the last <laughs> Whoever session, retires first. Yeah it was sort of like well you know, should we do my thing so I can retire, or do we want to do your thing so you can you can get closer? And and yeah, I think we we yeah, Marx was looking a little down. So I was like, yeah, let's uh, let's go after Marx's thing. Well, and and I know who he's unlocking. Like I'm playing that character now in the other campaign, and it is night and day compared to the elementalist. Oh wow! It's like she can instant kill elites. Ooh. With a card that doesn't get lost to use it. Oh wow! Stuff like that. Like yeah, she's just she's brilliant. Because I I've, I've I think I've played played Craighart, the scoundrel, the sunkeeper, and then there's the music symbol person. Yeah, whatever that the bard character bard or is. Three spear person. Was that the bard character? The three spear? No, oh, no, oh, no. You played the, that. Yeah, you played a lot of characters. Yeah, and and now I'm playing the knight symbol i've played one. two <laughs> i played two characters yeah but we're also spending the one campaign oh, yeah, yeah. Two yeah. being in two camp well and they focus a lot on cycling through like they yeah. want to see all the characters so they've been yeah, really focusing enough. on retiring them yeah and i admittedly i didn't want to retire the three spear guy when oh. i saw him he is just uh well i mean yeah beast. there is i i, I think there is something to be said for not retiring and just getting your your you know your character leveled up. Yep. Well, like I Marcus mean, when... retired his Doomstalker, it was almost level nine, had all of its perk checkmark yep. yeah. thingies, so it had like its entire combat deck fitted out. He's been he'd been working on enhancing cards, yep. so he unlocks Envelope X, and it's like, well, basically, <laughs> I've just set myself back. Hmm. How I think it was four levels because the prosperity was like five or something right at the time. It, yeah it, uh you know prior to that he had he had leveled the brood up yeah yep. a fair amount too and so i, I mean in you know we're, we're doing a campaign and he's just like destroying stuff with the, you know like you've got these area effect attacks and mm -hmm. and uh, it switches to and, the elementalist is just oh my god yeah <laughs> and, when, and when he's hitting it's with you know gusto like he's doing a yep. lot of damage with cleaves and stuff too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sooth Singer. Yeah, That's Sooth Singer. The yeah, note that, one. And I loved that character. It very unique play style. But after about the fourth play with the Soothsayer, I was like, I'm bored of it. Yeah. And it wasn't because it wasn't a useful character. It's just there's something about not being able to use your combat deck because uh, the Soothsayer does not attack. Mm. It, it like its attack cards mm -hmm. are so few and far between. Right. She, he or she, I forget what it was, it is about just playing songs. Not sure. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, completely impacted the way that a mission was done and pulled her weight through the songs that she could put out there. Yeah, yeah. So very useful. It's just, you know, when you sit through an entire mission, and I think there was one mission where basically my group did something really stupid. Mm. That I... 
my first actions in the round are always to put up a song and mm-hmm. I don't move. Yeah. And she's got very low health. So she stays put and it's like there's some heavy hitters on our left and some weaker, slower things on our right. And everyone went to the right and left me exposed to the heavy hitters on the left. And they killed me in the first round. Oh, geez. And I was just like, what the hell were you guys doing? <laughs> like I even said, when your turn started, if you leave, I am dead. And they they left, and I was just like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and it wow. was at that point I was like, "I'm done with this character, and I'm going to try and retire it as fast as possible yeah, because yeah. I cannot have a group that doesn't give a crap about what's going to happen." And they realized as soon as it happened, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't have a chance. We've all of a sudden lost your abilities." Oh it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, what, what the hell did you think was going to happen? Gonna happen? Yeah. it's not just the abilities. You <laughs> like you you now have one less. One less player that could potentially, yeah, well, not just help you, but but kill something, do stuff. Yeah. She and healed. She yep. like in, she impacted their attack. Open a door to go get a. Well, task you're fighting to... um creatures that are geared for four players now with three. Three, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. it was just like they're like, well, we should just restart right now. I'm like, nope, you guys are playing yeah. through this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sit there, and you, you, you will play you through this in your filth. <laughs> yeah. It's like, at the very least, do what you can to gain experience and stuff. Because until you get experience and maybe some money. You're going to see exactly what it means to screw over one of your party members like (laughs) this. So they they learned after that and didn't quite abandon it, but I was still done with the character after that. Like, Mm. you just, the characters where you can't make an impact past Mm -hmm. doing something that helps everybody else. Right. Just it loses its enjoyment, but it's still powerful. Like still boosts other people more than good enough. So yeah, I enjoyed her. So, so outside that, what thoughts on the game? Um, I'm still really enjoying the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we, it's been a while since we last played and I want to get into it some more before you head off on your trip. Well, one, one thing I did notice was so, uh, you know, Marks and Jeff have this other, um, Gloomhaven campaign going Mm -hmm. and once or twice, you guys have seen a card in, yes. your, in your other mm-hmm. – so we'll do like a road event. And, um, you know, you and Mark said, wow, yeah, we've seen we've this We've seen one, this, so, so we let you guys make yeah, the decision. Yeah, you guys decide kind of are – you, are, are you guys running into that a lot? Yes. Or? There, well, there isn't – I mean, the initial deck, I think, is 31 road yeah, events. Yeah, like when, when, when you very start, it's 30 yeah. cards, and it gets added to. Yeah, yeah. and you add – I mean – there's more cards in our other campaign because you add cards when you retire mm-hmm. when you add. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've seen other things, but we're pretty good at making sure that we don't give it away. Yeah, I think so. No, you haven't really like, hint, oh, yeah, hinted that we should right. do one thing or the other. The, the one thing that, I'll say, though, and this isn't really so much a spoiler, is pay attention to the details of the cards. That's the one right. thing that we've figured out since playing two campaigns you come across an event that sounds identical yeah but there'll be like a color change mm-hmm. something something a little different yeah just something that that tips you off that this isn't the same event if yeah. you can remember well yeah. I, my son and i have a yeah you two have memories. Identity, yes. memories. so yeah. it, it's a little harder to pretend dumb kind yeah. of thing it's easier just to go we've seen it you guys should pick it yeah. and usually you guys are picking what we would have picked anyways because yeah it's like well, both playthroughs yeah, were kind of being helpful. Yeah, like, I think we, we've taken the you know the yeah. good alignment. And yeah, usually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a few cards where taking the good thing is 
somewhat bad. detrimental. Yeah, like, yeah. but yeah. We, we don't we, go well. You, maybe we should be bad this time. It, well, we did do that that city event where we thought we were being helpful and would end up being ended up in trouble with thing. the law kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know what? Goods or something. <laughs> yeah, or was, uh, it was the, there was the stolen dagger? No, mm. that was actually in the community. Event. Yeah, that was a community oh, event. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was where we bought was... a dagger, and then we, for some reason, yeah. walked through the street showing everybody this hey, dagger. And then someone said, "Hey, that's my dagger that was stolen." And then we get thrown in jail. So, yeah. anyway, yeah, we should talk about that a little bit. So, right now, as of this recording, there's this community event going on that Isaac uh, Childez is uh, running, and it's a, a ten week thing. He's about not quite halfway through it. The fourth scenario just came out this week that um, th- that we're recording this. So, probably by the time you hear this, it might be the fifth week in. So what halfway through. And so what it is, is each week he's doing um, a scenario. And you play through the scenario with, with fresh characters. So you start at level one characters. It's not really taking place in Gloomhaven. It's taking place at the capital, I guess it is. It's like a big event. It's like a big um, festival is going on. And so your four characters are taking place in this um, sort of arena challenge. So the very first scenario, which, and this doesn't spoil anything, is you're in an arena and you're trying to win that. So we, we played through, we, we did the arena challenge, but we failed it. Got our butts it, kicked. Got our butts kicked mm-hmm. and we just hadn't gotten around to trying to, trying it again. Um, but how, how the whole thing is working is, um, after you play through a scenario, you can go and vote on, on what's going to happen. There's going to be like a, a city event. And so he'll put a city event up and there'll be two options or, or whatever. And you vote on which option and then wh- whichever option gets the most votes is, um, the one that I'll, that'll get a, re- re- a resolution. Then he'll post the resolution up and that could trigger something else. And so, yeah, um, the whole thing, the very first city event, and this is going to be a bit of a spoiler. So if you don't want to know, oh, but you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. Then now it's, it's all spoilers. Yeah. Cause, um, how this thing is, there is no going back and choosing the other thing in this community event. If so, you're not voting as it goes along, you're yeah. just going to play through, gonna play through it how it is. So, uh, what happens is everybody chose on buying this dagger from this, this, um, this merchant. And so every, you, as a group and you collectively pay 20 gold to get this dagger. But then as you're walking down the street, um, you have this dagger out and you're checking it out and you find a hidden compartment in the dagger and I think it has a map or something in it. But then a merchant sees you with it and says, hey, that's my dagger and it was stolen from me and then you get caught by the guards. And so the second scenario is you're in prison and you have to escape the prison. And and it keeps going from there. Then there's these city events and people vote on what they're doing. Um, there's even one vote where um, I think it's like maybe the third um, scenario where you indicate if you were able to get both treasures in the scenario or not. And then it, it just goes on from there. So it's just scenario after scenario after scenario. You just, you're, you're playing along. It's an interesting concept. It's something he did, I guess. Um, I'm not sure if it was the second or the first Kickstarter. I think it was the first Kickstarter. So the very first time he published this game, he did something similar where during the Kickstarter, um, he would do that. He did this community thing and people were able to play along through, I'm not sure if it's tabletop simulator, but it's one of those online games. So it's like they have Gloomhaven with all the components on this online tabletop thing. And then you're able to play along as a group or with a group or whatever, uh, through this software. 
So that's the first, this is the second time he's doing it, but this time he's doing it directly because enough people have the game now that they can just download these scenarios and play it as, with their groups. So yeah, um, he's doing this right now. It's an it's an interesting concept, it's, but it's it's nice of him to do it. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. It falls flat. It, like as soon as the first uh, scenario or the event came out, and it's like, well, you're forced to do this, whether or not you chose this option or not. It's just like, eh. yeah. <laughs> I, and and I really thought that that part of the storytelling was weak. Mm-hmm. Because when you buy the dagger, you suspect there might be something wrong with it. And then all of a sudden, you're just waving it around the street like an idiot. Like, <laughs> hey, I just bought this. Ooh, what a cool dagger. Yeah, like, uh, it just... Yeah. That, that killed it for me. Mm-hmm. Again, it it's great that he's doing it, though. It's, it's a neat concept. But yeah, it just... Eh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd rather just go back to playing our standard Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> our standard campaign. Yep. But, um... Because yeah, the story yeah, in the honest, standard I'm, is... For as much as I'm, you know, didn't like the mind thief and uh, and this beast, whatever. I mean, I, I'm I'm really having a good time playing this. Yeah, like the story's yeah, great. Fun. You mm-hmm. want to see the city events, even the ones that screw you over, mm-hmm. and the road events. Yeah. It's like you're looking forward to those tidbits that just kind of well, expand and, the universe. Yeah, you're trying to like you're you're trying to get out there and, and explore this map and and, 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 and opening you know, up new opening areas up new and areas. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like it it's it's such a you know there's such depth and. Yep. Know, it's his game and he's already um coming out with an expansion for it and this is going to be a direct to store expansion it um it gives a few new characters and i think it gives a another smaller campaign like not a not as big as this campaign but it's like a smaller one i think that takes place from my understanding after the main campaign is done so will it keep into account how you did certain events because i mean this is very open-ended and whether right. or not you play evil or good or who you assist oh. and who takes over gloomhaven and all that kind of stuff yeah that i'm not sure um i'll see if i can find something on it here because if it continues your story that's wonderful if it's kind of uh restart with different classes it, it gives you more use out of the game which is great like it well, definitely spend needs some it. time revisiting and tweaking the existing classes yeah it's called um gloomhaven forgotten circles and it's going to be coming out this year i think in the next few months uh first expansion for gloomhaven features 20 new scenarios that take place after the events of the original gloomhaven campaign and involve one new care oh it's a one new character class <sighs> the aether a- a- diviner and her attempts to prevent an a- approaching calamity the accompanying scenario book breaks these scenarios up across multiple pages to create more dynamic and surprising encounters. The expansion also features seven new monster types, including three new bosses and 14 new items. So 20 scenarios is pretty beefy. I mean, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. There's a fifth of what the, comes with the game. Yeah. Really. So, and I, I think price point. It's, the pre-order is $35 around there. Oh, that's pretty good. So it's not bad at all. No. Well, and you consider one class, though. well, one class. So it's one miniature. So really, yeah. all you're all you're adding is more tokens and cards, and and a book. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is like you know you're gonna, you're gonna get this, and everybody's gonna be fighting to try the new class. Well, it depends on how it comes out, right? Yeah, the class itself. If it's add cards to your game and it's a new retirement goal or something, then yeah, maybe. I guess we'll see. Hard to say. If yeah. it's a standalone thing, then you're right. Mm-hmm. If if it's Maybe someone needs to unlock it in the game through different things, like scenarios, whatever. But, yeah, if it's the only new class and you have four people, who who gets it? 
right? Yeah, exactly. Especially since it sounds interesting, a diviner. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. As long as they're not a summoner, that's, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe he fixes. I, well, I don't. I don't see a way to fix the summoners yeah, easily. Uh, like it'd be revamping summoning rules. Maybe he revamps yeah. it. Maybe he's figured out a way. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't even realize the shortcomings. So who knows? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think I there's think, been enough complaints I think the only on BGG way to, to make it reasonably playable. Is is exactly what you said. Is is allow the the player to control their summons. Yeah, I but I think that throws it too far the other way. Yeah, almost. You like almost like a middle ground. Yeah, there needs well, to be not, some middle ground. It's not like they're, these things are super powerful. I mean, outside the bear, I mean, they're, they're well, even a way to make them more powerful. Then, like maybe they take a, a summons or and and have something that boosts a summons. You know, so that like a, a standard summons, like you're, you're taking a level one summons and and bring it out at level five, having some way to boost it up. Maybe like summons could level up. So be you're more powerful based on your level, as opposed to just yep. being a level one and always being a level one. Yeah, because I mean, when a summons has four health and the base damage a creature's doing is five. Yeah, you're right? like you're going to get it out. It's going to get killed, and that okay, was yep. it. I mean, yeah. there I've it, seen some summons that you want them to get killed. Oh yeah, that, sure. that like they're bombs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. their whole purpose is to get killed, but it still you're losing a card throw a summon out to do an attack two i think it is when it blows up it's just not powerful enough if it was attack five because at this point we're in level four scenarios for 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 the other campaign i'm definitely we're at level four yeah quests i think we're borderline three four three four and ours i think yeah yeah and then an attack two at this level like a, a two shield yeah like yeah an attack two at this level is barely hurting it yeah yep or not hurting it at all yeah yeah Yeah. and then some of those items we found like there are some that are it summons a skeleton like great that's never getting taken yeah the the (laughs) one item (laughs) (laughs) whatever ring it is there's a few there's like a falca jade falcon that summons something yeah stuff like this just like oh these items maybe if you need a trap disarmed you can send the summons. Yeah, the, the summons will never go to a trap unless, unless it has it's no their choice. only path. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and, a, or, and a flying falcon would or even trigger it. it. Yeah. Or you can command it into the trap. Yes. Yeah. As long as it doesn't fly. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it's going to float over top of that summons, like no. Hey, there's a trap right down there. Yeah, that, that looks interesting. Don't step on that. Don't step on that, guys. I mean, I expect some like all games are going to have their weak points. Sure. sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. That it's. Just inevitable. You yep. can't think of everything as a designer. You can't test everything and how people are going to play or how they approach something. That but, could just be in his testing. People played summons totally different than but everyone summoner, else. It, it yeah. seems it seems like such a core concept to yeah. have gotten so wrong is the thing that baffles me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, what were they seeing that they thought that this yeah. mechanic was working that we aren't seeing? Like that'd be I good know. to know because yeah. I see I'll, I see a lot of the same complaints on BGG about mm-hmm. summons. So yeah, so it's not, we're not the only ones thinking this. Yeah. yeah, it's not like we misread it. No, <laughs> no, yeah, we're, we do misread things. We know. Yeah, we but make not, a lot of mistakes, but that's not one but of them. Not this. Yeah, it, it and it it doesn't hasn't killed my enjoyment of the game because I haven't I've luckily not pulled a summoning class. Yeah, I, yeah. like I have not had a single character that has had summons. <laughs> the bard may have had one. But uh, I can't remember, and it definitely wasn't something I stuck well, in. I'm, it. I, I'm just hoping that that this character can somehow become better. Mm-hmm. Um, like the one one thing we did notice with this is that 
you know, just about everything I do generates experience. Yes. Yeah, you do get a lot of experience. You, know, you like can. We, we have to win. Yeah. You know, for me to get them, but but I, I can I can. Well, you know, pretty much you, just you get your experience. You get your experience if we. Lose. You just don't get the bonus experience oh, for the well, scenario. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I can I can level this pretty quickly and and start you know um, seeing what's... you know getting my combat deck yeah beefed up and and seeing what cards I can I can get and you know at the same time yes the other summons don't become power, more powerful but the bear gets a bit more health and mm-hmm. you know so it may maybe if i get it up to level 6 7 it'll be maybe formidable maybe not well we'll see maybe but it has such a steep climb like i yeah. played a class where it has an area attack that hits 12 squares mm-hmm. yeah it has the ability to rejuvenate items it's used and i gave him the eagle eye goggles one of the most like basic items that you can get yep. from yep. right from the beginning of the game and use it because it applies plus one to his attack for the entire attack and then gives advantage mm-hmm. and it gives plus one because of an ability of his not because of the oh yeah because it just gives advantage yeah, yeah. so it, it turns this attack into this like huge nuke i think i killed like six things with one and then injured two other things so it was just like this huge attack and He's like, this is reusable, mm-hmm. and I don't have to rely on summons or any bullshit like that. It's just this huge area nuke, essentially. And then you see the beast tyrant, and you're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, the diff- the disparity yeah. in the mm-hmm. classes just baffles me. Like, that character was essentially immortal. Mm-hmm. It it could walk through the entire thing without resting. Mm. Like, it, it had just... He's called the Quartermaster. If you guys have unlocked him, you probably know how wonderful this character is. Hmm. Very, very diverse in what it can do. It can hit. It can keep people's cards and items in play and stuff like that. Like, it's just an amazing class. And I've been lucky enough that all the classes I've unlocked have been good. But then I see the Summoner and I see the Beast Tyrant. And I'm just like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) You just... You feel sorry for them because you need to retire those characters as quick as possible, but they're so hard to fulfill some yeah. of the objectives that they get. Yeah, it depends. It's all random what you get for an objective. So. Well, we've, we've done, in the other campaign, we've done Drew's quests right. that he has for his retirement goal. Yeah. And, I, and I won't discuss them. I'm just... Yeah. It, we Marcus and I think that it will be impossible with the Beast Tyrant. Oh, great. It, I, <laughs> and that's at level. Yeah. We, we can always drop the level down. That's true. To, you, you can to get it done. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, the rules are there to do that. So it, it will probably be what we do if we want to retire your character. Cause it's the only thing we can do to retire your character unless you just abandon it and start something else. Right. And that's true. It's like even the elementalist Marcus has an easier time with the retirement goal. He pulled for it just because it's, I think it's complete scenarios and that's it. Side scenarios for that one. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. I think that's the one for that one. Yeah. And it's not even a high number, but you can skate along with that one. Yeah. There's not anything specific about it. But, I mean, when you get a weak character with a hard retirement goal, it's just, it's hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, well, uh, something for me to look forward to then. Yeah. Yay! Well, like I said, we'll, we'll just, we'll probably try we'll it at it. level first, see what happens. Yeah. And then switch to lower level when we ultimately fail it. If we fail it, yeah. Oh, Probably will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably will, but if we fail it, yeah. just one of those things. Yeah, that, no. you know, it's it's part of the game. If the right character goes into those missions, 
It's not a problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. But if you have this is a sequence of what you unlock because it's random. If you pull three classes that are the weakest for the unlocks and you're playing with them all at the same time, it can make the game rough. And it it doesn't deserve to be treated poorly because of those classes because there's so few and you can they, there's so many good classes and the story is so good that you want to see it and it's like basically my advice is to those people just go back to the starting classes ignore those ones right and keep playing the game because it's worth playing just yeah. some classes just ugh, so disappointing mm. okay well i think that's probably a good place to end it um sure. yeah gloomhaven we're still really enjoying the game but you know, like any it's thing, got some, yeah, it's got, it's some, got flaws. some problems. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, thanks for listening. Uh, follow us on our website at www.boardnowgaming.com, or we're on Facebook or Reddit, um, Stitcher. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. Um, we have the Guild on Board Game Geek still, so you can always go there and, and reach out to us. Um, also, you know, if you have suggestions of games you think would be good for us to talk about, you know, like a, a good pairing, let us know. That doesn't hurt. We have a, I have a list that I keep up to date of, of games I think would make, you know, go good together. But if you can think of some good ones we haven't covered, let us know. That'd be great. Or if you figured out how to use summon, tell us. Please, yeah. Oh, please yeah, tell yeah, us. Definitely. <laughs> if we're doing something totally wrong with summons, let us know. <laughs> we, we, we I want them to work. It. Yeah. <laughs> But um, anyways, uh, yeah, be sure to reach out to us. Um, But until next time, um, take care and uh, keep on gaming. Good night. Bored now. I used to be a farmer and I made a living fine. I had a little stretch of land along the CP line. But times went by and though I tried, the money wasn't there. And bankers came and took my land and told me fair is fair. I looked for every kind of job, the answer always no. Hire you now, they'd always laugh, we just let 20 go. The government, they promised me a measly little sum. But I've got too much pride to end up just another bum. Then I thought, who gives a damn if all the jobs are gone? I'm gonna be a pirate on the river Saskatchewan. Cause it's a heave-ho, hi-ho, coming down the plains Stealing wheat and barley and all the other grains It's a ho-hey, hi-hey, farmers bar your doors When you see the Jolly Roger on Regina's mighty shores Well, you'd think the local farmers would know that I'm at large But just the other day I found an unprotected barge I snuck up right behind them and they were none the wiser I rammed their ship and sank it and I stole their fertilizer A bridge outside of Moose Jaw spans a mighty river Farmers crossing so much fear their stomachs are a quiver Cause they know that Tractor Jack is hiding in the bay I'll jump the bridge and knock him cold and sail off with their hay Cause it's a heave-ho, hi-ho, coming down the plains Stealing wheat and barley and all the other grains It's a ho-hey, hi-hey, farmers bar your doors When you see the Jolly Roger on Regina's mighty shores well, Mountie Bob, he chased me, he was always at my throat. He'd follow on the shoreline, but he didn't own a boat. But cutbacks were a-coming, so the Mountie lost his job. So now he's sailing with me, and we call him Salty Bob. A swinging sword, a skull and bones, and pleasant company. I never pay my income tax and screw the GST. Screw it! It's Albert down to Saskatoon, the terror of the sea. If you want to reach the co-op, boy, you gotta get by me. Cause it's a heave-ho, hi-ho, coming down the plains. 
stealing wheat, barley, and all the other grains. It's a ho, hey, hi, hey, farmer's party doors when you see the Jolly Roger on Regina's mighty shores. Arrgh, matey. Get it? Matey. Oh, hey, hey, that, that's really funny. You know, Louis Riel? Well, pirate life's appealing, but you don't just find it here. I've heard that in Alberta, there's a band of buccaneers. They roam the Athabasca from Smith to Fort McKay, and you're gonna lose your Stetson if you have to pass their way. Well, winter is a-coming, and a chill is in the breeze. My pirate days are over once the river starts to freeze. I'll be back in springtime, but now I have to go. I hear there's lots of plundering down in New Mexico. Cause it's a heave ho, hi ho, coming down the plains, stealing wheat and barley and all the other grains. It's a ho, hey, hi, hey, farmers party doors when you see the Jolly Roger on Regina's mighty shores. It's a heave ho, hi ho, coming down the plains, stealing wheat and barley and all the other grains. It's a ho, hey, hi, hey, farmers party doors when you see the Jolly Roger on Regina's mighty shores. When you see the Jolly Roger on Regina's Mighty Shores.